Sure love it. It's 57 degrees now at DVE. I'm Val Porter. A South Florida community is in mourning along with the rest of the nation after a high school shooting left 17 people dead armed with an AR-15 style rifle. The shooter opened fire at Marjorie Stoneman Douglas High School as a fire alarm went off around 2.30 yesterday afternoon. Among the dead are both students and adults and victims were hit both inside and outside the school. Over a dozen people were also hurt. It's the third worst school shooting in U.S. history behind only Virginia Tech and Newtown. The shooter is identified as 19-year-old Nicholas Cruz. He's a former student in the school and was kicked out for disciplinary reasons. Investigators are still trying to find a motive and are scouring his social media accounts for information. Cruz fled the scene after the massacre and was arrested without incident. A woman who says Olympic snowboarder Sean White sexually harassed her is firing back at his dismissal of the accusations as gossip. Lena Zawida was a drummer in White's band and says that he sent her inappropriate pictures and messages. She sued him in 2016. A lawsuit that was settled out of court back is back in the news this week after White won his third Olympic gold medal. Uh, White initially told reporters he wasn't there to talk about gossip, but later walked back his comments and apologized. He said he regrets making Zawida feel uncomfortable. Her attorney said yesterday no one wants to be called a gossip or a liar and that White has minimized the problem of sexual harassment in the United States. A South Hills man's obituary is getting national attention because it claims his cause of death was to avoid seeing New England in another Super Bowl. (laughs) Officials say 64-year-old Robert Timbers died on February 1st. The obituary listed Timbers as a serious Steelers fan with a large family, and his online obit even had the Steelers logo uh, superimposed underneath the obituary. Well, I I feel that guy. I can relate. (laughs) I did too, but he like. I hope he made it to the good place. Because something tells me for a Steeler fan, the bad place is nothing but watching the Patriots win the Super Bowl yep. over and over and over. Yep. Seeing Tom Brady beat us in an AFC championship. Pick one. Or According- he's the guy that's torturing you in in hell, you know? Yeah, you just have to mouth kiss him the whole time. According to a new Australian study, the Fast and the Furious movies might be causing people to drive like maniacs as the rates of both speeding and extreme speeding increased following the releases of three Fast and Furious movies between 2012 and 2017. Researchers found that after a movie would come out, speeds of those pulled over increased almost 20% from an average of 16 miles per hour over the speed limit to 19 miles per hour, and rates of extreme speeding were even worse, with the number of people caught driving more than 40 miles per hour above the speed limit almost doubling. On top of all that, the study authors found that the extreme speeders were often busted within two miles of theaters. In music news, Jimmy Page is ruling out any hopes of Led Zeppelin reuniting to launch a tour. In a recent interview, the guitarist said he doesn't expect any more live performances by the surviving members and added that fans just got to face facts and that he believes the time is gone. But Page did reassure fans new products are on the horizon, hinting that there is a recording that will be released. Page promised a number of new releases will be coming out over the next 10 years. I mean, how old is Jimmy Page? 70-something. He's insane. Uh, he didn't specify what they would be, though. It, like I've described him before as like Pablo Picasso. If Pablo Picasso spent the last 50 years of his life repainting the stuff he did in the first 15. <laughs> right. Cleaning it up.
Finally, Motley Crue drummer Tommy <laughs> Lee is engaged to his girlfriend and former Vine star Brittany Furlon. So congratulations to Tommy. I always he saw him with a Brittany. <laughs> he announced the Valentine's Day engagement on Instagram and showed off her massive ring with the caption, Well, this certainly beats chocolate. Tommy, you're so cute. Uh, that will be Lee's fourth time walking down the aisle, having done so with Pam Anderson, Heather Locklear, and model Elaine Bergen. Uh, this is Furlon's first marriage. Rain today, 60 for the high. Rain with flood watches in effect overnight tonight. Temperature, temperatures only going... Oh, yeah. Spirit Radio. Libertarian Rock from Rush, the DV Morning Show. Joe Bartnick joining us from Joey Los Angeles B. right now. What's up, Josie? How you doing? I'm doing fantastic. How are you guys doing? Yeah, I'm doing, doing great, great, man. Look, man. You know, it, it's so nice to hear from Joe. Joe, who listens to the damn show on the West Coast, which is just <laughs> uh, which is hilarious. Um, but uh, we always a lot, of, a lot of late nights for Joe. Yeah, early mornings. <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. Well, you're gonna have that. You know what I mean. You're a comic. You're you're uh, you get late nights. You don't come home and just go right to bed. That's right. No, I literally always try to hang out for at least the first hour of the show. And I spend so many times in airports that I'm always listening to you guys. People people think I'm insane. I'm laughing like it's five thirty in the morning at LAX. <laughs> so, Joe, you are first of all, you're going to go to the Olympics next week, right? I'm leaving in two days. For the Olympics. I'm going to Korea. It's, it's insane. What's funny is I, I'm leaving Saturday. I think I land in Korea next Wednesday. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, is it just uh, are you going to, to work or you just want to go see the Olympics? Uh, a little bit of work and a lot of just wanting to go to the Olympics. I mean, it's the Olympics. It's going to be insane. I've never been to the Olympics. It's oh, they're the, nuts. Oh, it's the best. It's, it, you get caught up in it. You'll have the Olympic fever when you're there. I think I have Olympic fever now. I can't wait for some Korean barbecue. Yeah, well, there, oh, that's the yeah. other thing, too. So, so good. Uh, what event are you most look, looking forward to seeing? Do you have tickets lined up yet, or are you going to go out and just scalp a bunch? No, I mean, can you scalp tickets in Korea? I have no idea. Are they have stuff up in Korea? I don't know. Probably. Uh, no, we, I have, a, I have a, a very good friend of mine is works with the Olympic Hockey Committee. Oh, so we're going to... All of the men's games, all the medal rounds of the men's and a few of the ladies. Oh, nice. Well, they and blew it. Some- Go, Go ahead. Well, they blew it yesterday is what I was going to say. Yeah, they, they they lost to Slovenia. I don't even know how that happens. But uh, <laughs> in overtime, they, they, they blew a lead. It's like you can't clamp down on Slovenia. You can only hope to contain them. I, guess. I don't know. <laughs> So that's pretty that's pretty fun stuff. But what do you think about your uh, now Joe of course uh, host of Puck Off podcast, the uh, world famous Puck Off podcast. Uh was there any doubt in your mind that the Penguins were going to look like they could contend given their slow start? Were, were you a little skeptical early on? I was just a little nervous around Christmas when they, every time they would win a, a one or two games in a row you think this is it. And then they'd have a horrible loss, and you were like, oh, what's going to happen? But then it just seemed, it seemed like when Carl Hagelin uh, woke up New Year's Day, it was like <laughs> everything changed. <laughs> yeah, it, you know, all these guys, it seemed like the second they were pressed against it, like when Back it was like, you know, push come to shove type thing. You know, well, Joe, you know how it is, you know, the pressure of it, like when you had a writing deadline, when you had to have something done, you know, you wait till the last minute, <laughs> and all of a sudden all the good stuff comes out. 
it, 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 even on stage when you're trying to think of, of jokes, you know, you can write them all day in your room. It never works out. The minute you get on stage, you feel that little sweat behind your neck. Like, that's when you say something funny. I mean, you have to believe that you can't get Sid and Gino riled up in November. <laughs> the juices just aren't going to be flowing <laughs> after you've won two Stanley Cups. It, it's human nature. It just can't, it, it can't feel that important. So do you think when people were saying they were tired, that that was what everybody really meant by it, that they just didn't have the fire in their belly? I, I think they were a little fatigued. I mean, they had, they had all those back-to-backs. But if, if you notice, there's about four or five games when either it was the Capitals or Nashville, when they really wanted to win or wanted to prove that they could still do it, and they did. That was my shining hope for, at the beginning of the year, was when they really pulled out all the stops, they really did win. Yeah. Well, all right, so and then the new kid uh, the other night pops up, and he gets a couple, an empty netter at the, uh, at the end of the night. What do you like about Zach Aston Reese? He's still very green. I, I like his energy, you know, I, and I always just like having the young kids come up. I think... When the guys stay at a hotel near the complex, they're always going to be hungrier than the guys that have three-year contracts. It's just just by nature. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, Gensel's a guy who's already proven himself, and he seemed to uh, you know uh, be on the schneid there for quite a long time. Uh, kind of reassuring to see him get going the other night. Yeah, Jake the Snake was a little snake bit, if you will, and then he got bounced around on the lines. You know, I think it's a lot easier to score when Sidger center and, and not, you know, day. <laughs> so, right. You know, it, you know I, I think I think if he stayed with Sid, I think he would have found a few more nets you know, in, in his way. But I, I like selling. You know, he mixes them up, and he, you got to earn your ice. You have to earn your spot in the lineup. So have you gone ahead and looked for, uh, at the standings and, and tried to figure out where the Penguins' best bet is and what seed, where they're going to lay in the, uh, in the playoffs or if they got a shot at the division, et cetera? I, you know, I think it's going to come down to Penguins and Capitals again. So I'm not really worried about who they're going to play in, in the first round. And then, you know, and then it's, it's anybody's game in the uh, when we play the Atlantic because I think a hot Toronto, a hot Boston, or a hot Tampa Bay is going to give the Penguins a lot of problems. So I, I would just like to get out of the Metro, and then we'll see what happens. Joe, I was uh, talking to the talking with Mike about this off the air yesterday. W- what the hell happened to Ottawa between last year being in Game Seven, about to go to the Stanley Cup Final, to this year? It's a fire sale. You know, they really kind of lost their heart and soul whenever they, um, whenever Dion Phaneuf, he did not accept, he did not pull the flurry, he did not want to go to Vegas. Hmm. And then that, they made them had to make a few trades, and they had to they had to dump Eric Carlson's favorite partner. He had to go to Dallas. It seemed to just kind of break apart the team. And, and the thing is with Guy Boucher is he plays such that boring oh. taxing system that you have to get some wins under your belt to think, hey, I want to do this. When you start out the season <laughs> a little slow, people start looking like, hey, I have no points, I have no goals, I need to get a contract. <laughs> And I'm falling asleep at center ice waiting for the trap to set up. <laughs> and I think it just all kind of fell apart for them there. Yeah. Uh, Joe Bartnick uh, hanging out with us, host of the Puck Off podcast, and uh, he's headed to Korea. Are you going to be our Olympic correspondent here going forward? Absolutely. You know, everyone's like, oh, are you upset that the pros aren't going to go? And, of course, I would love to see the, the pros when I'm in Korea. 
But then I couldn't be all in as an American. Because <laughs> I'd be like, I want to win the gold, but I don't want the biscuit to hurt Sid or Gino. Right. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Well, this this frees you up a little bit. Joe Barnick, hey, man, it's always a pleasure to talk with you. Thanks for staying up so late out there. Yeah, great stuff, And uh, be in touch soon, man. Take care. Oh, you guys are the best. You're my family. I love you guys. And uh, USA, 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 <laughs> let's go Pens! <laughs> Joe Bartnick. All right, brother. We'll see you, man. Oh, that was the greatest. the best. Uh, on the way for you a little bit later on this morning, Dave Bracey, Ed Bailey, Drinking Partners Podcast. they got a big comedy show this weekend. They'll be live in studio. Stan Saverin as well. Yeah. Olympic hockey in uh, full force right now. Well, about to be. And confusing to see Jimmy Pack named as head coach of the South Korean hockey team. Now, we had learned about this before, but it was just kind of like a head-scratcher because Mario has always referenced him as being his handyman, right-hand man, <laughs> gopher, what have you, uh, and it's a little confusing. So here to shed some light on the situation, uh, DVE Mario. Mario. Hey. Hey. Uh, good morning, uh, boys. Yeah. Well, how you hey, doing? Good morning. Dad's trip took three out of four. <laughs> I love good hockey, can I have some more? Oh, I, yeah. Gone, gone, the damage done. Yeah. Same. <laughs> huh? Neil Young. Canadian? Yeah, he's yeah. Canadian. Looks like the bumble. Yes, you yeah. do. Won't stop talking about his uh, pony? Not pony, pono. Oh, yes. No, it's po- Obviously, that's a okay. joke for a comedy, and you got to have that, you know, on the DV morning show. Did you see the story about Jimmy Pack coaching the South Korean team in the Olympics? Oh, uh, well, yeah, you know, obviously, I did see that, you know, it was a bit uh, confusing, to be honest. Because isn't he, like, your handyman around the house? Well, you know, obviously, uh, you know, that's what I thought, you know. Uh, and the funny thing is, uh, you know, I was watching it with Jimmy back at the time. Yeah, that is. Yeah. Which is when I found out the very troubling news. Right. We have an imposter on our hands. Oh, my God. I mean, Mara, that is frightening. All these years, you've had an imposter working for you right there in your home. And whoa, you must still... What? Whoa. What? How do we know which one is the imposter? Well, he's, it's the one at your house. I mean, that's... E- well, I, don't be so fast. Uh, you know, my Jimmy Pack claims the other Jimmy Pack's the imposter. Well, of course he does. And I got to tell you, that, that other one, he's got the uh, South Korean hockey team playing well. Yeah. No way to a real Jimmy Pack could do that. Uh, all right. Well, I just, yeah. No offense. Yeah. You know, just like him. Yeah. <laughs> no, no for the comedy. Look, I think that you need to reconsider this. Uh, well, you know, my Jimmy swears, you know, that he's uh, he's the real Jimmy Pack, you know, and uh, I guess there's only uh, one way to settle this. What? Ask him for identification. Well, no, I was thinking maybe, uh, you know, they both could kiss a Hyundai. And the last one with their lips on the Hyundai is the real Jimmy Pack. That doesn't you know, like really, I don't, no, no, that's, something. yeah, that's like a radio thing. That's not, that doesn't, there's no determining factor there. You know, I don't know what to do. I, I bet. You know, it's like that Spider-Man meme, two Jimmy Packs pointing at each other, <laughs> you know? Yeah. I mean, until we get down to, uh, and figure it out for sure and get a blood test or something, I put mm-hmm. a sticker on the forehead of my Jimmy. Oh, that's good. You know, just to be sure which one's which. Yeah, all right. Well, um, until we figure it out, we still got to worry about the, the the pens. Pens and cents tonight. Okay. Yeah. Yep. Uh, let's go pens. Okay. Get out of the fast lane, Arnold Slick, and beat him like a run at most. I think you got a couple <laughs> of those langisms uh, mixed up there. Yeah, that was a joke for the comedy, oh, you know, okay. the TV morning show, right. you know. You got to have that. Mm-hmm. Uh, by the way, yeah. Burkle told me to tell you. What? He's watching you. Oh, the Tom He's Brady thing? You. Yeah. I'm doing the eyes thing with two fingers right yeah. now. Yeah. Burkle's eyes. Click, click, they're watching you. Wow. Click, yeah. click, they see your every move. You're singing a lot. Little hollow notes, huh? Yeah. 
Love, uh, I'm a, love oats. Yeah, you like yeah. oats? Yeah. Little guy. DVE Sports. Mike Pursuta with your sports right now on the DVE Morning Show. Mike, what's going on? Another hockey night in Pittsburgh, guys. The Penguins hosting the LA Kings tonight at PPG Paints Arena and on your Penn's flagship 1059. The X Pittsburgh checking in at 32, 22, and 4 for 68 points. The Kings are 30, 21, and 5, 65 points. The two teams met on January the 18th in Los Angeles. The Penguins skated away with a 3-1 to victory. And, of course, the Penguins have been a different team since January the 1st. Happy New Year, 13-4-1 yeah. since then. That's the best record in the NHL since then. And the Penguins have been following the leaders since then, Sidney Crosby leading the league in scoring since January the 1st. Five goals, 25 assists, and 30 points. Number two, Evgeny Malkin, 17 goals since January 1. 12 assists, 29 points. Phil Kessel's tied for fourth in scoring since January the 1st. Eight goals, 16 assists, 24 points. Phil the thrill. Your best players got to be your best players, right? When they are, you're at your best. Stars got to shine. That's right. I mean, they need some help. They need some complimentary pieces and all that, but they got to be the ones leading the way, and uh, they have been for the Penguins, and the Penguins have been a different team. Matt Murray also appears to be getting his feet under him and getting his game together after uh, another somewhat uneven season due to injury initially and then the death of his father. Murray, uh, if he gets the start tonight, would play in the 100th regular season game of his NHL career. He is 61-24-7 in the first 99, 6-0-1 in the last seven. Matt Murray, uh, if he starts tonight and wins, or if he, just if he starts tonight, he would be the 15th goal in NHL history to win at least 60 games in his first 100. Uh, Penguins and the Kings tonight. At the PPG Paints Arena, Pittsburgh trails Washington by three points for first place in the Metropolitan Division. Todd Haley found himself behind a podium yesterday in Ohio. The new offensive coordinator of the Cleveland Browns delivered his first press conference in his new position. And before he began talking about all that uh, they were going to try to make happen in Cleveland, Todd Haley reflected on all that had happened in Pittsburgh. I'd like to start just uh, by talking about Pittsburgh for a minute. Uh, had uh, uh, six really good years in Pittsburgh. I was brought in to do a job. I feel like uh, I did that job or more. Um, yeah. Did a lot of really good things. You know, we developed arguably the best receiver in the league. We uh, developed uh, arguably the best back in the league. Uh, one of the top quarterbacks in the league. Uh, consistently. Uh, did a lot of really good things, scored a lot of points. Uh, so uh, really uh, fond of my time there. It's a place that uh, meant a lot to me uh, uh, from my history. Obviously, my father played there in the 60s, uh, worked there for a long time. So to be able to go to Pittsburgh and have six uh, really good years was, uh, was really uh, something that I enjoyed. Um, well, uh, you know... For, uh, it's funny that he says, you know, I did my job. And he's like, I did my job and more. And by more, I mean I'm the mechanical bull champion at Tequila Cowboy, two years running. Drank uh, Sharky's out of Tequila. But sitting there listening to him talk like that, I mean, doesn't that sound like the girl you're on a date with who can't stop talking about her ex? Well, I just he led with it. That's where he was 
you know, most recently employed. And it, it struck me listening to that again. Todd Haley never got the local guy bump that we seem to give everybody that's from here that winds up doing anything in athletics. You know why? No, because it was the Big Ben rub that yeah. <laughs> I mean, and he was that a overshadowed legacy. everything. His dad played for the Steelers. Yeah, but and he then was, didn't. Then it, was a personnel guy, big part of the team of the 70s, he right? Was a co- he was a golf guy. And so people use that all the time. He didn't yeah. play the game. But you know who else didn't play the game? Bill Belichick. Bill Belichick. Yeah. Bill Parcells. Yeah. I, so many coaches. I, but he just, he came here and it, it seemed like he had to prove he wasn't screwing up as opposed to being given the benefit of the doubt. And also, he screwed up a lot. Well, his mistakes were certainly harped upon. And Most of the, the, the off-the-field stuff, stuff was the stuff that he really should be called on the carpet for yeah. as much as anything. He was a distraction. The stuff that didn't work on the field seemed to get much more um, highlight, if you will, than the stuff that did. You know, he just we scored a lot of points, won a lot of games. Antonio Brown, Le'Veon Bell, Ben Ross. It's a pretty good offense last six years. And he was brought there to do a job, and that was to extend Ben Roethlisberger's career, and he did it. So whether or not you, you obsess over quarterback sneaks and fourth and one pitches, Ben might be dead by now if not for Todd mm-hmm. Haley. Yeah, I. He might have been out of the league for three years. They might be. They might be coming off a six and ten season, wondering which quarterback they're going to try to draft next. Because the last one they tried to draft for place Ben Roethlisberger has already crapped out. What's the Joe? Can you call up the sack totals from uh, before Todd Haley was here to now? I know it, they they went down, and in the first couple of years, he, I think he kind of was still being old school Ben, but he definitely is getting rid of the ball a little bit more. Now. He would. I would say he. You know. None of them did their job because they haven't won a Super Bowl. And that's the challenge with the Steelers. But short of that, Todd Haley did his job. He also talked about uh, the job he's got to do in Cleveland. Well, it's going to be the same challenge you you always face. You know, it's going to be... uh... Uh, laying a foundation for your players to to learn and be able to uh, have some success developing players. I mean, uh, you have to develop players in this league. And and I, I brought up Antonio Brown. I mean, when I got there, Antonio Brown wasn't the Antonio Brown everybody knows. I mean, uh, uh, there was great development there. And, uh, and in this league, if you don't develop players, you're probably going to fail. And, uh, you know, I told all the coaches when, when we sat down and met for the first time that, uh, you know, uh, our job is to take the players we have and, and put them in the best possible chance to succeed and uh, not worry about a lot else. So uh, that's really what the focus is and will be. Now, on that one, hmm. I think he went a little too far. He invented the Internet. I think there's one guy responsible for the development of Antonio Brown. and that Antonio is Brown? Antonio Brown, who... Has a relentless work ethic and a uh, a bottomless pit hunger to be the best, and does the majority of his working out somewhere else. And let's remember that there was a time when the Steelers wanted to give some money to Mike Wallace, and Mike Wallace didn't want to take it. And thank God. And then they gave that money to Antonio Brown. If Mike Wallace takes that deal, that's a good. Is point. Antonio Brown even around? So they didn't know. The coaches, the, the front office people. Antonio Brown knew. I think he deserves credit for himself. He's he's unbelievable in terms of how he approaches it. Yeah.
Mike, to your earlier point, I think he didn't get that local bump, honestly, because of the phone call that never happened. Whenever he got here Maybe. and he didn't call Ben or Ben was supposed to call him and he Maybe. didn't call him and they never had that initial meeting, that overshadowed everything else. That was the main story. And it kind of kind of never went away. Yeah, that's a good point. And, and that's all people were talking about. Do these guys get along off the field? He screwed up in that regard. Because if he calls them right away, they set up a meeting. We're talking about, oh, it's so good. He's returning home, and yeah, maybe that, maybe that started it uh, down the road that it went. But uh, he did a good job here, and I'm not saying I think so too. I'm not saying they can't have success without him, but I mean the offense was not the problem. Jesus, I mean, <laughs> you know, I I still don't understand. Everybody yeah. just being so happy about getting rid of Todd Haley. We gave up 45 points in the playoffs. Let's get a new offensive coordinator. Yeah, it doesn't really make sense. So we'll see. They're they're uh, making the decisions that they think they need to make. Ben had 316. He was sacked 316 times from 04 to 11, 2011. Was that eight years? Uh, yes, sir. And then he was sacked 163 times. So in six years, half from t- from yeah. 2012 well, to 2017. Well, a couple years less though. Um. Yeah. Okay. But, well, 04 to 11 is seven, and 12 to 17 is five. Yeah. You can see that it trended way down. Yeah, way down. Yeah. And that was that was job one. It was to keep him upright and playing and take advantage of him. And you know they got him at this point now. If uh, if getting Ben th- two, three, four more years yeah. was Haley leaving a prerequisite for that, then it was time for him to leave. But I just think he did a good job here. Agreed. Uh, they had bigger problems than him. Agreed. I think he was a bonehead off the field. And I, I would agree. And uh, they still got bigger problems than him. Oh, uh, the, the Steelers are not all of a sudden better. Uh, promoting Randy Feekner didn't make them the odds-on favorite. To win it next season. <laughs> we got Feigner. No worries. Yeah, what, when's the parade going to start? We got Feigner. All right. Val's got news coming up. Top of the hour. What do you got, Val? Well, Stormy Daniels says she can spill the beans about her affair with Donald Trump. We'll talk about that coming up. Rain, 60 for the high today. It's 56 at DV. You know, you can listen to the DV Morning Show or DVE all day anywhere you go by downloading the iHeartRadio app to your smartphone or tablet. All you got to do is go to the App Store, download iHeartRadio, or go to iHeartRadio.com. And there'll be an icon there to uh, allow you to download DVE right into your phone so you can carry it with you everywhere. We have people who listen to us all over the country. What are you doing? Download iHeartRadio today. They should drink when they do curling. Can't you see like four, guy, not? four Tr- guys from Wisconsin oh, yeah. standing on a frozen lake drinking lining boots? Sliding behind a rock? No. Have you ever tried? Your, your legs will get tired. Like the next no. day, your legs I'd will be hurt the, for two I'd days. I'd be the broom guy. I talked to Trenny yesterday because she's doing the curling games over there. Did you bring her curling iron? <laughs> See, Mike, now that's a bad joke. <laughs> Randy Bellman and the DVE Morning Show. Yeah, we're watching curling right now on uh, the old NBC Sports channel. I, I don't understand it. I watched it for an it's hour botchy. with my daughter last night and couldn't understand what the hell was going on. Val, isn't it botchy on ice? Um... I guess maybe. I'm all right. Joe, you're Italian, aren't you? Polish? I mean, that's interim Joe. That's what we got to call him, interim Joe. Joe, you're Norwegian. How do they play this game? How do they how do they cross-country ski so much? 
it looks to me like it's botchy, and uh, you know the broom is just a uh, you know. Well, I guess that's the Zamboni thing. I, the ice. I don't know how they play bocce. You're Italian. How do you not know this? Isn't it like genetic? <laughs> that's, that's racist of you to assume it's that I not. would know that just because I'm Italian. All right, it's definitely, yeah. it's definitely prejudiced. I grew up. Doesn't in mean the I'm city. racist. I don't think you shouldn't be able to vote because there, of it. There just weren't bocce courts. There was one, and we just never went to them. You didn't have any bocce courts in uh, Greenfield? <laughs> no, it's no. A, it's a huge hill. That'd be the good bocce game. <laughs> Much more That'd challenging. Take a long time. They got the bocce courts in Dormont, right on Banksville. There is that what those are? <laughs> well, there's horseshoes and okay, bocce because that's what that's what I saw. Yeah, they have horseshoes and bocce. Bocce, and then they have a bocce tournament during uh, is it St. Paul's days. Festival, the Italian Days, and Bloomfield. Yeah, huge, big time, big time. But so I think, and I could be wrong, and often am, that curling is like bocce. On ice, sure. But I have never watched it long you enough. You guys to don't confirm. really know how it's scored. Come on, here's I a, know absolutely nothing about. Right. It. Fun fact: I don't know how to play bocce. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. <laughs> like, I don't understand it. I play bocce. I mean, you know, I play bocce in the yard. I just noticed your lips are very shiny today. I just put stuff on them because oh. they were like a little chapstick. Yeah, nice little I, gloss. I had that razor lip thing going. <laughs> Razor lips, dude. Did you ever like you wake like sometimes your lips are just so chapped? You're like you're worried that you might cause damage to the upper lip. Like remember the top lip when you're a little kid? Yeah, the bottom lip. Well, because then I want to bite them. Yeah, I just want to get that bad idea. Yeah, and just chew it off, and then just kind (laughs) of just spit it over there somewhere. It's very gross after you say it out loud. You know how you want to just bite your lip skin off and then (laughs) chew it. Dead skin, yeah. So I just liberally applied a big thing of, and here's the thing, and I think maybe people can commiserate with me on this. I was in the airport, and I bought one of those because uh, um, I had like eight hours between flights, and I'm like, oh, I'm just shopping, and there's a store, and they're like, this is the best lip douche that you can possibly get. <laughs> lip douche? So I'm like, was all right. Was it Burt's Bees? No, it no. was Kiehl's. Never oh, yeah, Kiehl's is great. So I'm like, okay, I'll get it. And it was like a buck more expensive than like Carmex or something like that. But I hate it, and it. it is it the medicated kind? Uh, no, it doesn't like tingle when I put it on or anything. Yeah, I hate that kind. But like, it's got a really sharp edge on the side, and I think it's the. I think you just put it on your finger and on your lips. But I don't know where my fingers been. I'm not doing that. <laughs> Wait, is that the kind you squeeze out? And it's no, got like a slanted tip. It seems like this is the kind where it's like the Carmex, where it comes in a little. Is it hard? No, jar. it is. Here, hold on, I'll show you. It is a like. It's. It looks like. It's a like. It Push doesn't pop. look like it's an applicator. You know what I mean? It's like, look. I think the I think your tip fell off. <laughs> <laughs> no, because the top screws right on it. You gotta buy this is the uh, way it goes. Just the tip. Oh, then you just have to put it on your finger. So yeah. no, I'm not doing that. So I always do that. And I'm always like, ow, ow, and it's like scrapes when I put it on. Which, but I it was a you know it was a dollar more than a regular one. So I'm like, well, this is fancy stuff. I can't get rid of this. I have designer lip douche right now. I'm not getting rid of this. <laughs> but did you ever have like one of the Carmexes and you're like, uh, it gets full of your pocket lint and everything and starts to get kind of grody and then you question the <laughs> the hygiene? Yeah. Gets a little gungy in there. <laughs> you're like, yeah, yeah, you're like, I don't know if I should. Even right. though I know what that is, I still don't want to use it. No. So you just take like a, uh, a Kleenex and you like clean it off and you're like, this is 100% fine now. Yep. 
but I don't know. Back- I just never could do it. I never could rock Carmex or anything that was good for my because I'm like, I can't walk around with shiny lips for what Val just said. Like, <laughs> oh, your lips are shiny. I'm like, I'll never do this again. No, but this is what I'm trying to tell you. The reason that there was so much on there is because this applicator is so tough. that to- I just squeezed a bunch. I have no <laughs> idea of how much I'm putting on. And then all of a sudden it was like a huge glob of it. <laughs> so there's nothing I could really do except just kind of be shiny just lip. be shiny lip Randy. <laughs> <laughs> just hanging out here with shiny lips. Back when I smoked, I used to get tobacco in it all the time. Ah, that in, would be the gross. In your chapstick. Grossest. It would yeah, cuz it would like collect in the bottom of my pocket and stuff like sometimes. With your smokes. Yeah, cuz my burrow lights, I'd put them in upside down or something like that and then it would be like part of the lint and then it would be like tobacco in there and I'd feel terrible mm-hmm. about myself. Have a nice faux finish on your lips. Yeah, something like Some that. Some mixed in confetti. But now it's it's like 60 degrees. Yeah. This is the kind and then if it gets cold again, which is in, invariably going to. Yeah, I mean it's only mid-February. Then, you know, mm. your lips are going to look like the fjords again, you know? Yeah, it's going to be look looking like you uh, kissed a light bulb that's been on for three days. <sighs> Just that, ugh, I hate that feeling. Yeah. Why is it 60 degrees right now? No idea, but it is. And uh, here's the Channel 11 Severe Weather Center forecast brought to us by Dormont Appliance. True love it. It's 57 degrees at DVE. The news is brought to us by Giant Eagle Curbside Express. At least 17 people were killed yesterday afternoon after a 19-year-old former student went on a shooting spree at a South Florida high school. Broward County Sheriff Scott Israel identified the suspect as Nicholas Cruz, who attended Marjorie Stoneman Douglas High School before he was expelled for disciplinary reasons. In addition to the 17 dead, between 14 and 18 were injured in that shooting. Officials believe Cruz had at least one AR-15-style semi-automatic rifle, but weren't immediately sure whether other weapons were used. The sheriff said the suspect was taken into custody after an hour. Uh, or about an hour after he left Stoneman Douglas, after he committed the this horrific uh, shooting, here are students talking about the gunman. He's just always been a really crazy kid. Like, and I, I heard him. I heard some people say that one day he would have done this, and unfortunately, I think that was today. I met Nick my sophomore year. He was a little bit off. I could tell there was something just different about him that is, yeah, a little bit insane. When I was in the vocational school, the alternative school, he went ahead and showed me all his layout of guns and said that how he used to just shoot him around for fun and stuff like that. So sad news to uh, hear yet again yesterday. Porn star Stormy Daniels says she is now able to discuss her alleged sexual encounter with President Trump after Trump's lawyer invalidated a nondisclosure agreement. (laughs) I so hope that this is the case. This is hysterical. Nuts. This guy is worse than the public defender and my cousin Vinny. (laughs) <laughs> the president's be- longtime oh. personal lawyer, Michael Cohen, admitted this week he paid the porn star $130,000 of his own money just before the 2016 election. Cohen said he was not reimbursed by the Trump organization or Trump campaign. He says the payment to Ms. Clifford was legal and not a campaign contribution or expenditure. He didn't elaborate on why he made the payment. Yeah, why'd you do yeah. it? Why'd you I do mean, it? That's, that's a question. Why'd you, have you have to give a porn star $130,000? Just. For no reason. If she's making it up, why'd you give her the money? Right. Trump has denied any sexual encounter with the adult star. In a 2011 interview with In Touch magazine, Daniel said she had a fling with Trump in 2006, not long after Melania gave birth to their son, Baron. However, earlier this year, a publicist for Daniels released a statement denying she had a fling with Trump, but 
Many pointed out the signature on that document did not seem to match her signature on earlier statements. Yeah, if you ever needed any proof of how full of absolute crap the evangelicals are, the fact that they'll back this guy all the way through scandals like this with a mountain of evidence, and they'll continue to defend him as their boy, and one little accusation anywhere, or you know, without any shred of evidence behind it, against somebody who they deem to be an enemy, and they mm-hmm. are all condemning over. them yep. to hell. It's just... There's no there's no sense left in the world. No, there is no, no flipping sense left in the world. The well, guy- that's why the whole like the whole Porter thing. I was kind of shocked that it lasted a whole week of news because this story to me was way crazier. Like paying off a porn star right before the election didn't get any buzz at all. I mean, it's movie stuff. This is it. Um, sounds um, made up, flop. dude. Yesterday. Found out there's 130 people or whatever the hell it is working in the administration who don't have security clearance. Yeah. After a year. What the hell are we doing? Jared Kushner owes billions to the Chinese and he gets to see all of our intelligence every day and read it to his (laughs) father-in-law. Like, how isn't that a problem for anybody? And we're just distracted. That's all right. Well, we'll talk about the voice. (laughs) Something like that. Well, uh, along really those matters. lines, Channel Channel 11 reporting former Survivor star Jenna Maraska is facing charges of possession of drug paraphernalia and DUI after she was found passed out in a car at a stop sign. Story says someone called 911 back on January 25th and reported somebody passed out at the McDonald's in South Strabane. Maraska won Survivor Amazon back in 2003 and got a million-dollar prize. Didn't she efforts. marry somebody from the show? She dated Ethan... The Boston guy. Yeah, for a while. I don't think they got married, though. She was uh, gorgeous. Knockout. Mm, really fun. Yeah, like uh, a bathing suit model? Yeah, very cool. Um, her dad, I heard stories about her dad back in the day, who was supposedly like the biggest badass in the South Tough Hills. Guy. Yeah, like like nobody would mess with her dad. Mm-hmm. I remember when she got famous, like a bunch of people telling me, like, oh, you know who her dad is? He's a badass. Dude's a badass. <laughs> <laughs> like stories that you've told before about, oh, I don't want to say who, but like somebody close to your family. Like, yes. Yeah. Just nobody you know, messed with Nobody met. Like anybody the game lift would just <laughs> ended up on the ground immediately. <laughs> Do you ever worry you are morphing into your parents? Chances are some of their traits and habits will come through eventually. But according to, tw- to Twitter, whether you want it to happen or not, it's inevitable. The hashtag signs you've become your parents is currently trending and users everywhere are sharing their moments of realization. Usually happens when you move out on your own or start your own family. Some people tweeted they're saying things like, don't make me pull this car over. Or (laughs) when you tell someone, I'm not mad, I'm just disappointed. Others tweeted things like, you look forward to it being 10 o'clock so you can go to sleep. So, again, if you want to participate, if you've realized you're turning into your parents, it's hashtag signs you've become your parents. I'm definitely like my mom with my kids. Yeah. I say, because my mom, I, I've told you guys this before, my mom's favorite thing to say was, life as you knew it is over. <laughs> my life as I knew it was always over. And and she used to say this other thing to me that I say all the time to my kids. If you behave like this, it's not going to go well for you. <laughs> it's not going to be a good day. You want to do you want to act like this? 
It's not going to go well. <laughs> I like it. I like it. You're like, I mean, basically talk like a, like a mafia don. Yeah. <laughs> you do this to me. You show me this disrespect. <laughs> you will pay. Do you do anything consciously the opposite of your parents because of something they did that used to piss you off so much? The only one, the one I do for sure, man, it is never cold in my house. Oh. <laughs> never. <laughs> I don't remember. My dad Crank made a street. Our house was so cold, <laughs> I had a parakeet that froze to death. Oh, my God. It died. He because said the, he, said he was cold. cold. Why does he got to come up bird. here? Yeah, the bird died. Oh. And I thought my brothers did it, and I, bl- I yelled. I blamed it on them, and they just they destroyed me for having a parakeet. The only like, yeah. older brothers can do track. that. I'm like, I was like nine. I'm like, hey, what did you guys do to my bird? They're like, you got a bird. That's so, you know, you're such older? a wuss. How much older are they? Five, four and five years old. So they were 13 <laughs> Nice and bird, fairy. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> they were pansy. Oh, my God. Go get another bird. That was my uh, parakeet, guys. It, it, it literally it just fell, froze, oh, fell right off the. Poor bird. It left a note like, <laughs> your dad is cheap. Yeah, I mean, it was, you know. Basically, that poor bird didn't know when it left the left the uh, the sea cave pet store uh, yeah. that it was going to a gulag. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's I mean, going to I, an ice cave. You know, people always try to go a different path, and it seems like no matter what road you take, you can't avoid your fate. Well, you, yeah, you, you live with them for eighteen years. Your or, fate or is longer. you will become your parents. Oh, I know. Luckily, you know. Hopefully, I should say, your parents are good people. Yeah, I'm trying to figure that out. You know? <laughs> You're not convinced yet? <laughs> Just, well, you know. The only thing that my mom used to do that I do, and it pisses me off, and I I know I do it, uh, when she was mad, she would clam up. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And I I do yeah. it. and I, I got that. You do it here. Yeah. Well, I, a lot of times I'm not mad. I'm just reading, but. You're mad. I can't tell you're mad in your reading face <laughs> from each other. I just assume she's always mad at us. She's I always most, feel like she's you, mad reading. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> What's the matter, Val? I'm really mad about what I'm reading. <laughs> I might, yeah, that might actually be the case, but well, yeah, that's, that's, these days I uh, and I always feel better if I yell it out. But I don't, I don't know why you don't. You yeah. don't yell nearly enough. Do you go home and just scream into the pillows for four hours? <laughs> When I do yell, it's about something a mom would yell about, like leaving dirty plates all over the kitchen. Oh, I love yeah. when you yell at people here for the kitchen. That's my favorite. Yeah, my dad, uh, both my parents, like like if you get super, well, my mom is different. If she gets angry, you kind of know it right away, and she just wakes up angry. But my dad- but when she gets mad and she blows up, is it over then? Yes. Yeah, see, that's the good thing. Well, I don't know. I mean, it gets so bad that it, I mean, it's over- in the way that, you know, she'll hang up on me. Or Life like, as you knew it is over. <laughs> yeah, everything's <laughs> over. But my dad did do that, that Irish thing where it's just you get quiet. Oh, yeah. oh, maybe that's where I must have a little Irish in me. My mom gets passive aggressive. She gets nicer. <laughs> <laughs> when she's mad, she gets really nice. As if to say, well, if this is all I'm going to have, I'm going to take any little scrap <laughs> that you're going to give me. Oh, that's fine. Oh, that hurts. The big thing with them is just punching in. You got to punch in. Got to, got to, got to spend time. 
Yeah. They are literally like, it's like work. Like, okay, I got to go. Oh, you're leaving? Oh, you know, it's only three o'clock. <laughs> Rest of us are staying here till five. <laughs> In music news, The Who's Live at the Fillmore East 1968 is set to get its official release 50 years after the shows were recorded, scheduled to be released on, on April 20th. The collection captures the band's April 5th and 6th 1968 shows and includes some of the band's biggest early hits, including My Generation, I Can't Explain, Summertime Blues, and Happy Jack, among others. All the tracks have been remixed and remastered for optimum sound quality. And finally, actor Luke Wilson was indirectly involved in a fatal car crash Tuesday in California. Wilson was driving in the Pacific Palisades neighborhood of the city when a speeding Ferrari clipped the front of his car then slammed into a BMW. The driver of the Ferrari was killed. His passenger was pro golfer Bill Haas. He was taken to a hospital with serious injuries. His dad, former pro golfer Jay Haas, says Bill was released from the hospital and is expected to make a full recovery. The driver of the BMW was a 50-year-old woman, also injured and taken to the hospital. Her condition is unknown. Luke Wilson not seriously injured in that accident. Rain today, temperatures around 60 for the high. Uh, flood watches overnight tonight and temperatures in the upper 40s. It's 57 at DBE. Mike Pesuta coming in next with your sports. Todd Haley is introduced to the Cleveland Browns family yesterday and has some words about his time here in Pittsburgh. Also, if you are a fan of the retro jerseys the, the Steelers were wearing, well... Bad news for you there. No more uh, no more bumblebees. New one's on the way. Details coming up in sports. Mike Pursuta next. Want to remind you, the 2018 Pittsburgh Polar Plunge. Saturday, February 24th, Heinz Field, 9 a.m. to 2 p.m. Uh, I'll be down there again. Jeez, how many years have we been doing this? Is it eight? Feels like, I mean, I know it's eight uh, for the sheer the beard, but Polar Plunge is getting oh. up there. Uh, and you can go on to uh, the DV website and join the iHeartRadio team. Me, Bob McLaughlin, Scott from uh, from the X, Scottro from Kiss. Go to dv.com under events calendar. Sign up. And if you want to be a part of it and couldn't get a team together, just join our team. And you can be a chicken. Yeah, two chicken. Yes. Which is I you like just, that option. You give a donation, say, I'm on board, but uh, I'm not in the water. Two chicken. Yeah, I'm going to bring my parakeet. Yes. <laughs> Go to dve.com, or if you're uh, just going to donate or you want to register your own team, go to specialolympicspa.org, February 24th, the 2018 Pittsburgh Polar Plunge. Join us. It's a blast. I'm telling you right now, feel bad about a lot of stuff that's going on in the world right now? Well, do that, and you will feel great. Guarantee it. Mike's up next. Sports on DV. Sports. Mike Pursuti here with your sports right now on the DVE Morning Show. And Mike, Todd Haley, talking about his time in Pittsburgh. You know, it lo- sounded a little bit like he was uh, he was fond of his time here, but uh, also no one else patted him on the back, so he gave himself a little pat on the back. Yeah, he said he did the job that he was hired to do. I like that. said he uh, helped uh, greatly with the development of Antonio Brown, Ben Roethlisberger, Le'Veon Bell, scored a lot of points. Yeah. Uh, Todd Haley, proud of what he accomplished in Pittsburgh. Right. Mechanical Bull champion, Tequila Cowboy, two years running. <laughs> ran, uh, I say that every time. Ran some interesting Spotify choices at Sharkies during training camp. Yeah, sure. Uh, An accomplished fella. A couple of those I Kendrick had, to, Lamar. had to take umbrage with over the years, particularly sure. this past year. I think it's funny that he was playing Kendrick Lamar. Yeah, well, he's evolving. He's uh, 
Because that's a, hard to... He's a renaissance man. That's hard to boot scoot to. He has um, evolved beyond what was popular when he was in his basement in Upper St. Clair. Good for him. And now he's he in... evolved Cle- all the way to Cleveland. Now he's in Cleveland where the Browns are winless. Uh, Todd Haley's worked with some good organizations. Pittsburgh and Dallas come to mind. But uh, he has also undergone what uh, has turned out to be a periodic tour of NFL lost causes in his career. And Cleveland's the latest stop on that run. You know, I went out to Arizona as a coordinator, and Arizona hadn't had much success. Um, a lot of people thought I was crazy for leaving Dallas uh, when I did. But, um, man, it's, you know, when you're part of that turning around and, and having success and playing in big games and having success in big games, there's nothing like it. Uh, so, uh, you know, that's what appealed to me. When I went to Kansas City as a head coach, they had won one game and two games and had, had very little success. You know, we didn't have a marquee quarterback, so to speak. Um, you know, we signed Matt Castle uh, uh, fairly early after I got there. But uh, um, it's not going to be, you know, we, we, you've been through, if you've been in the league for as long as I have, you know, 20-plus years, you've been through uh, similar circumstances. And, uh, you know, I know you all that have been here are looking at it one way, but uh, that's not the way I'm looking at it. I mean, we, we, we're to work, like I said, and, and as soon as we have the players, we, you know, we'll be working our uh, tails off to develop the players that we have and, and do the same with the players that are acquired. Man, the people in Cleveland have to be eating this up. They're, 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 they're so long for a champion or a winner that they're just like, Wow! He's got the Midas touch. Or are they just done with it by now because there's been so much changeover? And is it like, oh, okay, here's the next guy that thinks he's going to win here, and he's not because they're the Browns. Well, remember when Clint Hurdle got hired? And, yeah. You know, when we interviewed him and I said to him, like, well, good luck. You can't do worse than the last guy. Can't do any worse. I mean, and he's can we like, put oh, that yeah, can we sign? put a sign up that says that in the locker room? I mean, that's. Right out of the chute. First thing you ever said to him, right? No, it was. It ended the interview. I, I thought it started. No, no, it. it was the end. I was like, ah, nice talking to you. Good luck. Uh, you can't do any worse than the last guy. Because uh, you get to a point. You do. That you just don't expect anything to change. I'm curious to see what happens in Cleveland. Hugh Jackson is an offensive guy and a highly regarded. He's had great success as an offensive coordinator. He was calling the plays. Now he says he wants to be the CEO and he, Keys to the offense are in Todd Haley's hands. Will Hugh Jackson medal, or will he let Haley do what he wants to do? And two, how will Haley be able to work? you got to believe a lot of what Haley did was trying to, uh, if I can get Ben to do this, we'll do this. I want to do that, but he's never going to go for that. Right now he's, now got, he's got young guys that are just, yes, sir, What what's next? That don't have sway with the organization. Yeah, yeah. right. So it's going to be fun. Because whatever they did last year, it didn't work. He's going to make them didn't better. Win one game. He's going to make them better. He is. It will be well enough. You to can't win. get worse than what they are. Will it be well enough to win or make a significant difference? That remains to be seen. But they got a lot of draft picks, and uh, I would have I would have thought a con- a condition of him going there was going to be to have a certain amount of control. Yeah, he said he had a couple options. I why wouldn't he? Yeah. Really. I, well, I man, then I question his judgment. Oh, you mean for going to Cleve- Cleveland instead of going somewhere <laughs> well, else? Yeah. You, you know, he likes that kind of do it where it hasn't been done recently. You know, be the guy that uh, helps build something from nothing. I think he wants to stay living here eight months of the year. 
Yeah. What, what do you think? It's about probably about two hours and 15 minutes from Berea to yeah. Tequila Cowboy? Yeah, about that. I mean, and practice. They so have like pra- a tequila practice ranch is or over something there. 4.30, couple meetings, get out of there at 6 and beat the bar by 9. Something like that. But he, I wonder still, if he cranks up Kendrick Lamar at Tequila Cowboy. Probably, that not. would be impressive. Again, like I said, stuff there ain't no line dancing to pimp a butterfly. But <laughs> he will forever, in my eyes, be a guy who got way too much crap. Me too. And Me too. Um, also could have done better. And, you know what I mean? Like did not win the big one. Yeah, and he, the off the field stuff just allowed people who had problems with his on the field uh, approach to just throw you know arrows all the time and with good reason. You can't can't screw up like that. If you're going to be a prickly pear, you got to be you got to have no rap sheet. You, you know you can't you can't yeah. even trip up once. And I agree with Bill. the fans will never let you hear the end of it. I agree with you that the way he came in. Doomed him. I think he's right on that. Yeah, that set the storylines. Just kind of spitballed that out, but I, yeah, I, I agree with you 100. percent Right away, it was a threat to Ben. Why hasn't he called him? Why haven't they met? Does Ben not like this? Well, because they fought. You know, they force retired Ben's best friend. <laughs> I love how the Steelers just and keep then, retiring and then brought who in retire. somebody who was going to put him on the timeout <laughs> chair. And he's like, I'm not mating with you. That's how. T- Haley knew he was fired. They brought him in, and they're like, "We'd like you to retire." Yeah. And he's like, "We're, hey, we're getting a cake, and uh, here's some golf clubs." Because he said <laughs> there were indicators that this was not by surprise that he knew, and he didn't want to say. It, he said something was said. Yeah, he, he, uh, he had to sit down with Mike Tomlin, and and it became clear. We'll hear that clip next hour, but he said, "Okay, it, it was time to go," and he knew it, and he left. And uh, on we go. He's Pens like, "Meet at- me at Saddle Ridge." <laughs> Pens back at it tonight. They are uh, Kings in town. 7 o'clock on your Penn's flagship, 105.9 DX. Uh, Mike Sullivan saw an edgy Jake Gensel a couple nights ago. Let's talk about that when we come back. And he wants to see more of that. We will talk about yeah, that. Yeah, all right. We we'll talk back. a little Penguinos when we come back. It's the DB Morning Show. Mike Pursuta with your sports right now. And the Penn's back at it tonight. It was nice to see Gensel get off the schneid the other night. Yeah, five goals and uh, in 31 games prior to the 6-3 win over Ottawa on Tuesday night, and Gensel got a couple in that game, and he got them by playing with the kind of edge that head coach Mike Sullivan said he needs to see from Gensel on a more consistent basis. Yeah, I've talked with Jake with that about that a lot. Um, you know, one of the things that really impressed us when we had when we first called him up last year was how stiff he was on the puck. You know, for a guy that's an undersized guy, he plays. He, he plays a stiff game when he wants to, and, and uh, when he plays with that little bit of edge and that little bit of determination and conviction, that's that's when he's at his best. Yeah, that's a, it's an interesting observation because Gensel is not a big guy, but he is able to handle the physical demands uh, that you have to be able to handle if you're going to survive in the NHL. In college, he was more of a stick-handling, uh, skate-and-create kind of guy. you got to do a little more dirty work at this level, and Gensel has done that before. He can do it again. Uh, did it against the Sens and got rewarded twice for his effort, so I expect Jake Gensel to be going to the net again tonight against L.A. That's where most goals are scored nowadays, so uh, I think you got to go there, and it's going to be tough sometimes, but uh, definitely nice game us. Penguins uh, flying along since January the 1st at 13-4-1, and and, you know, the Senators game, it wasn't a start-to-finish Top shelf effort. Uh, 
Sullivan wasn't happy with the way they played the first two periods. They got badly outshot, but they were still leading. Uh, they're proving to be opportunistic when they're not at their best. They are cleaning up the defensive end of the ice, and the stars are shining. The big guys are coming through from Matt Murray, you know, through to Kessel, Crosby, Malkin. Even uh, Brian Dumoulin and Crystal Tang are starting to emerge as that top pair that you want to have to be able to rely on against yep. against certain teams. It's uh, it's falling into place. So, Ian Cole is back in the lineup looking yeah. like the solid Ian Cole that was part of those cup runs. And, you know, we had Benzie on yesterday, and he's been filling in for Madden on the X, and he was making an interesting point yesterday afternoon. You know, a trade at this point might be for depth. It looks like they don't need anything right now, but what if you lose a center? Then where are you? Does that right. derail the whole thing? Do you need to go get a guy just to have a guy? Or to get a guy to replace one of your guys that you have now so that he's in reserve? It's, a, it's an interesting conundrum. I wouldn't mess with anything. They don't have a lot of money to spend. No, I would you know try to add if you don't have to subtract from the big league club. And if you can figure out a way to do it financially, yeah, that's going to be a challenge. But uh, but how often does it come into play? My first of all, Jim Rutherford, mastermind. Can't, can't believe he's still here. Remember when he was just coming into like, <laughs> yeah. I, I'm just going to come in here yeah. and uh, bridge the gap. That's a great point. Yeah. Oh my God, the fact that we're talking about Rutherford still. He gave himself a two year window, and then he looked like a, the impression was he was a doddering old goalie from the '70s that didn't have anything better to do. So he was, he was like Dick Cheney if things went well. They gave him the job of like finding the next guy, and he's like, "I like me. How do you like that? I, I think you should give me a chance. I'm the guy. <laughs> yeah, but we wanted you to find the the next guy. No, no, I'm the guy. I'm and the captain tur- now. And it's turned out great. But how much do you have to consider? Winning is very important. But after you won two cups, you're not going to risk the future all that much. Uh, that is to say, you want a winning team for the next couple of years. If all of a sudden they have a chance to make some tr- trades that put them behind the eight ball in the years to come, but give them a great chance to win right now, are they going to do that? I would, yeah. I, as long as I have Crosby and Malkin, uh, you know, Rutherford, he's, when Sid's done playing, I'm guessing he's not going to be the general manager anymore. <laughs> so what does he care uh, you know, go for as many as you can get right now. And they, they have this, uh, you know, I don't know if you'd call it a loophole or a, a protocol that they have figured out. Trade draft choices and then sign the college free agents. There's a bunch of them every year. The guys that slip through the cracks and don't get drafted. It's Belichickian. They play three or four the years. Kids the kids come up. In the NCAA and they develop. Zach Aston Reese is the latest example. They got a couple more still in I still don't in, understand in how they got, got him. Well, the thing is, if you're not drafted by a certain age, you don't get drafted. So you are a free agent. So you're free to leave college at any time. But you have to sign an entry-level contract. It's not like you got to – they're not free agent free agents where they can go to the highest bidder. Right. The, the money's capped. So it's up to the guy, where does he want to go? So these guys are looking for opportunity. How quick can I play in the bigs? And am I going to win? Okay. And would, this is this is an attractive destination. So there's no sort of like waiver order that no. that, that they're subjected to. No, you just you, you talk them into it. All right. You kind of recruit them if you. It's want. easy to do because all these guys that are coming in, they're playing, and sometimes their first game was Sid. It's kind of an, an attractive inducement, right? Yeah. Hey, we just won two cups. 
why don't you sign on? Maybe uh, two years from now, you'll be winning a cup. Maybe you'll be playing with Crosby. Want to give and go with the best player? They have in the a uh, Borky did a recruiting video for him. I mean, they're they're all in on this, going after these guys they want to get. It's not. Ah, let's see if we get this guy. If we don't, we don't. I mean, they. It, if you're going to trade draft picks, you have to find a way to bring young talent into the organization somehow, and this is a way. And uh, you know, it's only been five games for Zach Aston Reese, but he he arrives with a great reputation and with a considerable upside that was agreed upon by a lot of people. He looks like he's off to a great start. Something about his name, though, makes me think like he started Saved by the Bell. That, has, was, that was Zach Morris. It has like a uh, Friday night ABC lineup sitcom star ring to it. Zach Aston Morris. <laughs> Well, Penn's, uh, you know, in a good a good uh, run here since the new year, Mike. They just signed A.C. Slater, too, off the uh, the college ranks. Good news. It's going to be good. Is he going to be a physical defenseman? Yeah. Hottest team in the with NHL. A, with a hamburger since helper. January 1, 13-4-1. Good deal. It doesn't, you know, guarantee anything, but they are seemingly uh, taking great strides toward becoming what they were the last two years, and that is a team with a chance to win it. A legit shot. Does that mean they beat Tampa? Do they have to play Tampa? I don't know. Val's got news coming up next. What do you got there, Valerie? Scott Bayo facing more charges of sexual, sexual abuse. We'll talk about that coming up. Rainy today, 60 for the high. It's 57 at DVE. True love it. It's 57 degrees now at DVE. I'm Val Porter. An attorney tells a South Florida Sun Sentinel that the AR-15 rifle used in that deadly Broward County High School shooting had been legally purchased by the suspect. Jim Lewis says Nicholas Cruz already owned the gun when he moved in with a friend's family. He says they made Cruz keep it in a locked gun cabinet, but he had a key. The Florida Coalition to Prevent Gun Violence calls the high school shooting in Broward County further proof that semi-automatic weapons do not belong in the hands of civilians. The organization calls them weapons of mass destruction and is joining with the League of Women Voters in calling on Florida state lawmakers to hear and pass House and Senate bills that would ban assault weapons. 17 people killed in that shooting yesterday, over a dozen injured. The shooter is identified as 19-year-old Nicholas Cruz. He is facing 17 counts of premeditated murder and is expected to make his first court appearance today. This was the 18th school shooting this year. Yeah, 45 stunning. days. I, I, how, how does this happen? Stories of bravery beginning to come out, though. Those who knew a Florida football coach and school security guard are calling him a hero after his actions during the shooting yesterday. Aaron Feist was killed. He was an assistant coach under Willis May who says that Feist family got confirmation late last night that he had died. May says a student told him that Feist jumped between her and the shooter to protect her. May tells the South Florida Sun Sentinel Feist was a hardcore coach, but also a teddy bear. He leaves behind a wife and daughter. Oh, man. Michaela Schifrin opened her Olympics with a bang. She won gold today in giant slalom skiing in Pyeongchang. She sat in second place after her first run down the mountain, but 
With a three-hour wait for her second run, she snuck in a quick nap and a little light skiing on the adjacent men's run, which wasn't in use. There is some bad news for Schifrin, though, because of the delays due to high winds. The Alpine events have been compressed into just a few days, so she has uh, pulled out of Saturday's Super G. Yeah, the weather over there for the downhill stuff has been horrible. It's super windy and really cold, so it's it's like skiing on ice. Tough conditions. Psychologists have discovered that alcohol makes men more aggressive. No. Did we need a study for this? Most people agree drinking affects the judgment of people. Psychologists behind the study found that specifically drinking booze messes with judgment in a way that makes people less likely to realize that violence is a bad idea, which of course leads to many bar fights. We've all seen them. Beer muscles. Been a part of them. (laughs) Yeah, all that. It's just gorilla juice. It really just turns you into just a. Well, yeah. Don't they always say that what booze brings out your true character? Isn't that what I they thought say? it was money? No. <laughs> <laughs> booze and Maybe money. Drunk, drunk rich money. people are the worst. I mean, uh, I've been. I don't. I can't tell you how many different bars where, as soon as I start drinking, the only reason I'm really staying there is because I just don't know how to get out of there. Like I'm always thinking, how do I escape this place? Without having somebody say something stupid to me or getting in a fight or getting bumped into. Well, the thing is, is when you drink, um, the voice in your head that's like your buddies going, you going to let them do that to you? Gets louder. Are you going to let that guy get away with that? You yep. just going to sit there and let that happen over there? That just starts to get louder and louder as the night goes on. Yeah. You know, and it might not be that you get going to get physical, but you're definitely more apt to be like, hey, you suck. All right. <laughs> Quit it. Nobody likes you. Beat it. Remember, and then that could start, you know. Remember when we were at the the last time I was at a bar with you? There was some dude came up and said something that none of us, it took us like five minutes to realize he had just said something that was kind of like. Oh, we wanted it. Me, you and Greg to, Warren. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, we got mad. We were talking to the bartender, <laughs> and this guy comes down the bar and goes, hey, look, I know these guys are real cool and everything, but uh, can you give somebody else a beer over here? And we thought it was the bartender's friend, and he was busting his chops. So we kind of laughed, like, ah. Yeah. And then he's like, oh, that guy sucks. And we're like, wait a minute, you don't know that guy? So he, that was a shot at us. Yeah. <laughs> and Greg was like, <laughs> Warren was like, I was thinking... Yeah, man, we are pretty cool. <laughs> but like, I thought Warren would want to put him in a small package. I really liked our chances because I know Greg goes oh absolute. Cr- you know, he he turns yeah. into the crazy person. In he a would second. take him to the ground. That's yeah. a wrestling move, by yep. the way. Right, a small package. What? He'd put him in a small package. Yeah. Oh, okay. <laughs> I mean, that guy probably had a small package. That's <laughs> that's why he was so aggressive. It was it was so over the top. We're like he can't possibly he be can't insulting really us be coming like up that. on three of us, and <laughs> then I kept thinking like, which one of us looks so weak that he would think that there's three guys here he could come up and, and talk to like that? And there was another guy there with us who was just saying hi to us at the time. So there was four dudes, and he just rolled up and he's like, That's... "Hey, screw these four guys. How about you know?" Maybe in, he does have a big package. Yeah. In my head, while we were That's... having conversations, I tuned out completely and was fighting that guy. <laughs> <All right. laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, I, I was like, you know, went to the end of the bar, grabbed him, by let the him throat. finish his beer, Dude. moved it aside for him, and just <laughs> slammed his head off the bar. It's in your head, <laughs> in I, my I head, in my head. I was Adam Goldberg in Days and Confused at the keg party, 
Just sitting there going, you freaking fascist man. Yeah. Working yourself up <laughs> just the get, whole Yeah, night. just getting more Oh, more my upset. God. Yeah. I'll tell you, chick fights, I think they're even more aggressive than guys because they just keep going back at each other. Yeah. And the hair pulling yeah. is, is really a tough thing to get out of. Yeah. As soon as somebody grabs your hair, it's it's kind of over for you. I feel yeah, because like, they can whip you around. Yeah. Now you're bent over. You can't see anything. And somebody's got your hair. Girls uh, that go to city schools, I think, are like, they fight. There's just fights. Uh, tough. Not so much oh, yeah. in this, but you go to, you know, Catholic schools, maybe one or two, stuff like that. You know, if you're going to a private school, maybe not so many girl fights. But I feel like the girl fight ratio to guy fight ratio in public schools is probably way closer than anybody would want to admit. There was a girl fight at my high school. How'd that go? Uh, there was blood involved. Really? Whoa. Yeah. Like a vicious. member of a gang or nope, actual but blood? Gangs in Rocky Grove. In Franklin? Yeah. No, no Franklin gangs? No. Rocky Grove really. gangs? What? No. Just people who hung out together. <laughs> 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 I'm not sure if this guy has a case or not, but a former New York Police Department officer is suing the department, claiming his years on the job made him fat. 46-year-old Jose Vega, retired three years ago with a pension, is now seeking disability benefits. He says he weighed 180 pounds when he started on the job in 1997 and now tips the scales at twice that. He says the job caused him a lot of stress and forced him to eat donuts and fast food. I have to. I think I have a lawsuit on my hands. (laughs) (laughs) I've been forced. His lawyer argues that... Police work prevents a healthy lifestyle, saying, quote, it's easier to just pull in McDonald's and wolf something down when you're busy. Medical board investigating his claim urges that, or argues rather, that only about 10% of his condition could be attributed to job stress. That's ridiculous. But I also agree with him. When you're busy, it's just easier to go through the drive-thru. That's why people eat fast food. Oh, yeah. Because it's fast. But I don't know how much food it is. Like, I think it's more chemical than food. There was a study put out today, uh, I, I don't know, BBC or some UK uh, news outlet that talked about the worst fast food for you is chicken nuggets. That's the the highest carcinogen level. So they said the things that are giving people What's cancer. What's the carcinogen level in it? I don't know. Like, what's it like, from? Well, probably just from, it's the processing. They said, and this was a bit of a surprise, but not, the three biggest carcinogen uh, dangers were chicken nuggets cereal mass-produced cereals probably not like the kashis and the like you know the The pipe cleaners yeah right cookie crisp right (laughs) yeah brand blasters or something like that you know not yeah that kind of stuff and they said mass-produced bread so all my favorite things then good yeah but you buy bakery you uh, it's not that hard i know but i'm afraid i'm not gonna be good at it dude you literally throw like yeah, you got to roll down. it raise. You got to punch it down. Yeah, think how you can get your aggression out. You can like. That is true. Just beat 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 the yeast at home. <laughs> beat the yeast. You got to be the the beast of the yeast. Beat I'm gonna go yeast. home and beat the yeast. <laughs> that sounds just. <laughs> Man, nuggets are so good though. They're yeah. just so damn good. How I can rem- they be? It's, it's chicken meat and breading. Because they're it's not really meat. Yeah, they just shove everything are. you didn't eat in the chicken. I always afraid I'm going to find a beak in a nugget. <laughs> put 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 it in a grinder. No, some of them are real chicken. No, they're not. Is yeah, that? You I think can that's tell their the slogan. <laughs> some of these are real. 
No, you can't. What you have one, to find which one, one it is in the box. The one shaped like dinosaurs, <laughs> real authentic chicken Shaped parts. like Italy. Yeah. <laughs> right? They're so bad for you, but terrible. God, they're so good. Yep. Sweet and sour. They are. I'll eat, mm. I'll eat 20 of them no. in a sitting. Back, Easy. Back in the day, I used to do the chicken nugget box of 20 yeah. with barbecue and a honey sauce, one, two dip. Oh, yeah, that's good. What about yes. barbecue and ranch? No. That's Ooh, pretty... I never did the ranch. Never been a ranch fan. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Never been a ranch fan. I don't even know if they do the honey anymore. I don't know if McDonald's has the honey. Yeah, they do. Oh, yeah. I'm telling you. The sweet and sour? No, honey mustard. Just honey. Oh, like, honey. Like just the, you put on a biscuit. Honey, yeah. <laughs> you put right on a biscuit. <laughs> Turn around and eat your big-ass <laughs> biscuit. Yeah. No, I mean. Anyways, they all give you cancer. Ah, we're all going to die anyway. No, so. I know. Yeah. Probably yeah, but it's kind of like fashion. I don't want eating a nugget to be like smoking a cigarette. That There's something wrong there. Is there a way I can vape nuggets? <laughs> <laughs> hey, vape these nuggets. Oh, my God. I'm going to go beat the yeast and vape some nuggets. I'll just, be right back. I'm just a nugget vaping yeast beater. <laughs> Uh, Charles in Charge star Alexander Polinsky has accused Scott Bayo of abuse and sexual assault. That happened yesterday during a press conference. I was sexually harassed by Scott Bayo and ultimately assaulted by him between the ages of 12 and 15 years old. Hours later, Bayo denied the allegations in his own press conference. A 57-year-old star, however, did not attend his press conference. Spokesman Brian Glickrich said the actor attended a school function with his wife and daughter instead. At the press conference, his attorney, Jennifer McGrath, said Scott denies every single claim of inappropriate behavior. Almost every one of them can be refuted with evidence. She called to end a publicity charade by Polinsky and Nicole Eggert, another Charles in Charge star who has leveled uh, accusations Accusations at Bayo in his press conference. Polinsky claimed Bayo verbally harassed him on the set of the sitcom and would hurl homophobic slurs at him. Polinsky is now 43. Also said Bayo once pulled down Polinsky's pants in front of the cast and crew and once cut a hole in the wall of his dressing room and exposed his genitals to him. So he cut a glory hole in the wall, I guess. Yikes. Eggert joined Polinsky at the press conference. Uh, as I said, she has accused Bayo of misconduct and sexual, sexual assault when she was underage. Again, Bayo denies all claims. Rain today, 60 for the high. Flood watches overnight tonight as rain continues and temperatures in the upper 40s. It's 58 at DVE. So uh, some historians found something interesting. Archivists at a New York college library stumbled upon an intimate artifact of George Washington. <laughs> A lock of his iconic gray hair tucked in an 18th century almanac. Hmm. This is incredible. Yeah, it's Schenectady Union Union College, which is uh, a lot of good fish shows up there back in the day. Uh, They're revisiting its relationship with the first president. As historians wonder, how the hair made it there, Bill? How'd that hair get in there? How'd that hair get in there? Using his locks as a bookmark. Yes, uh, the leather-bound book titled... Gaines Universal Register, or American and British Calendar for the Year 1793, includes population <laughs> estimates of the American colonies. I don't know. That's a hell of an old book. Wouldn't it be great if it was like, you know, how to make read. wooden teeth or something <laughs> like, how to stop lying about cherry tree chopping. <laughs> Inside the book, the college said, uh, was an envelope which read, Washington's hair, LSS, and scratched out GBS from James Hamilton, given him by his mother, August 10, 1871. 
The hair was inside the envelope tied together by a thread. So the book Hmm. belonged to uh, one of the college founder's sons. Uh, It's a pretty old book. A lock of hair used to be given as a keepsake back in the day. Here's a little keepsake. Just a little keepsake. Here's some hair from my nuggets. There's some... (laughs) That was that was like the Bill Clinton find. They find just a bunch of short and curlies and they're like, oh, what are you doing? Mr. Clinton. Guess how much George Washington's hair is worth, they estimate. Millions. Yeah, I was gonna say three million. Two thousand dollars. What? Well, he's a founding for father. Two thousand dollars you could have George Washington's hair. And for twenty five hundred dollars you can have Donald Trump's hair, probably, if you go down and <laughs> Get it painted the right way. <laughs> Boy, I'm still haunted by that image of his hair blowing open in the back. <laughs> oh, my just God. Like, you can see the portal where he has to recharge at night. <laughs> oh. Have you ever seen Christian Bale's character in, in American Hustle? It was. Where he has to bird nest it? Like, it takes him four hours to comb his hair? I've heard of comb overs. I've never seen a comb around. No. It's a comb around. When I comb around. The when whole I way comb around. around. It starts on the back side. And does, then he combs it around the back. Does he just do a handstand and slowly lower himself into a cotton candy yeah, machine in the morning? No idea how he does all that. Because <laughs> that's the only way it makes sense. Um, I don't understand it. Mike's got your sports coming up here momentarily. Todd Haley meets the Cleveland media. The pen's back at it tonight. And uh, our buddies from Drinking Partners Podcast, Ed Bailey, Dave Bracey, stopping by the studio. Stan Saverin next hour as well. The uh, 2018 Spring Training Flyaway Contest you got till tomorrow. That's the deadline. We're sending you, you know, the Buckos get rid of your favorite players. Well, you don't have to stop rooting for them. We're going to send you to Garrett Cole's spring training in Winter Haven, or I'm sorry, West Palm Beach, Florida, or Cutches with his new team, the Giants, in Scottsdale, Arizona. We got airfare, hotel, and tickets included. You go and take the nutting quiz, which basically uh, is uh, a reminder of all the stuff that has happened. And you can cheat. Yeah, and you can cheat, whatever. Uh, We're going to pick two winners, one for each trip, and you're off to spring training to keep rooting on Garrett Cole and Andrew McCutcheon. Go to dve.com slash com. DVE Sports. Mike Kersuda is here with your sports right now on the DVE Morning Show. Mike. Sports is out brought to you by ChooseNissan.com. Todd Haley met the media in Cleveland yesterday as the Browns' new offensive coordinator. Job one turned out to be expanding a little bit on the most recent entry in Todd Haley's NFL coaching resume. I'd like to start just uh, by talking about Pittsburgh for a minute. Uh, had uh, uh, six really good years in Pittsburgh. I was brought in to do a job. I feel like uh, I did that job or more. Um, did a lot of really good things. You know, We developed arguably the best receiver in the league. We uh, developed uh, arguably the best back in the league. Uh, one of the top quarterbacks in the league, uh, consistently uh, did a lot of really good things, scored a lot of points. Uh, so uh, really uh, fond of my time there. It's a place that uh, meant a lot to me uh, uh, from my history. Obviously, my father played there in the 60s, uh, worked there for a long time. So to be able to go to Pittsburgh and have six uh, really good years was uh, was really uh, something that I enjoyed. Um, yeah. You know, it strikes me that if he would have just had a mustache and a cowboy hat, he would have been full Burt Reynolds here, and he might have been liked a lot more. You know, getting into bar fights, he's trashing houses, he's riding mechanical bulls. 
basically he just needed a Dom DeLuise sidekick. <laughs> yeah, Ben didn't want to be that, apparently. <laughs> oh, no. 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 Uh, ben was the big enus to his Burt Reynolds. Haley talked about a lot of things yesterday with the Cleveland media, and eventually uh, somebody got around to asking him, Hey, Coach, uh, all that good stuff you did in Pittsburgh, if it was all so good, why did we hear that uh, certain players and certain coaches really weren't all that fired up about having you around? I don't have a lot to say about it. You know, I, I, I do know that how I was uh, uh, mentored and, and taught early uh, was that a coach's job is to, to come in and coach the players, develop the players uh, first and foremost. And that has to be number one. And, uh, and that's really how I go about business. Um, you know, I've uh, developed a lot of great relationships in Pittsburgh with players and, and staff and coaches. So, um, like I said, I have nothing but fond memories. Of, you know, after sitting down and talking, it was obvious it was time for me to move on to a, to a new challenge. And, and as I said, uh, this is a big challenge, but uh, I'm really excited about it. Right off into the sunset, you might say. Or take the limo like they did in Blazing Saddles. There you go. It's going to be interesting to see what happens out there and what happens here. You can't do any worse. I'm real What's interested that? to see what he does with Kaiser. Me too. Because that kid showed some serious raw talent, I thought, last year. I did too. They almost beat you us know? in week one. Never won any games. They but... almost beat us in week 16. Or 17, or what yeah, was it? 17. Yeah, from them, I'm uh, intrigued by that, and I am not necessarily looking for the next guy with one of those high draft picks that they have. I'm getting more talent around him. But we'll see what You're they You're not do. trading all those draft picks away to try to get Nick Foles? They have a habit of Clevelanding up the draft, so we'll see. Draft picks are like games in hand. They're only good if you use them wisely. Penguins are back on the ice tonight at PPG Paints Arena. So's Dion Phaneuf. Wonder how he's enjoyed his time here. <laughs> Little vacation. He liked it so much, he's wanting to do it again. Wouldn't it be funny if in the middle of tonight's game he got traded to Toronto? <laughs> they should just keep tra- trading him to the team that plays in Pittsburgh next. Just monkey bars it to the end of the season. Groundhog's Day. <laughs> <laughs> He'll wear number three for the Kings tonight against the Penguins, who are 13-4-1. and I pluralized it. Since January the 1st, Penguins are no longer scuffling around trying to get into the wild card picture. They are now chasing the Washington Capitals for first place in the Metropolitan Division. The Caps have 71 points through 56 games. The Penguins have 68 points through 58 games. So the Caps have two games at hand. Those will be dealt with momentarily. Tonight, Washington is at Minnesota while the Penguins are hosting the Kings. Then on Saturday, the Caps are in Chicago while the Pens are hosting the Maple Leafs. Penguins play Sunday against uh, Columbus in Columbus. Washington plays Monday at Buffalo and Tuesday at home against Tampa. So after Tuesday, the Caps will have just one game in hand on the Penguins, and it uh, will be fun to see where the two teams are in relation to first place in the Metropolitan Division. Uh, College basketball tonight, number eight, Ohio State visits Penn State at 8 o'clock, and Robert Morris is hosting Bryant at 7. Two more ranked teams bite the dust last night. Number three, Villanova loses at home to Providence, 76-71, and number 11, Clemson, goes down at Florida State, 81-79. Number four, Xavier. Number 10, Auburn, 
Number 12, Duke. Number 22, Michigan. And number 24, Nevada, coming up with victories among ranked teams. But uh, Another top five team going down last night in Villanova. It's uh, happening more often than it's not. I've been watching a lot of college basketball, particularly since football ended. And there isn't that team out there. If there is, I haven't seen them yet. Uh, anybody's tournament. Except Pitts. Except Pitts. Everybody but Pitt has a chance. Val, what do you got coming up? <laughs> a mad oh, pooper sad. has been caught. Wow. We'll talk Thank about God. it coming up. Rain 60 for the high today. Floods overnight tonight. It's 57 at DBE. Never made it as a wise man. I couldn't cut it. Today. Yep. DV morning show. Sorry, we're talking about... Uh, Comedy, because comics are in the studio right now. That's Two of the right. funniest guys in town uh, with the funniest podcast in Pittsburgh. Drinking Partners podcast, of course, is Ed Bailey and Dave Bracey. They are here right now to promote this weekend's shows at the Comptor Theater. Gentlemen, how are you? Hey, right. what's going on? So, once again, you guys are uh, throwing shows at Comptor Theater Cranberry. Now, this has become like, I mean, this has become one of the more important comedy stages in Pittsburgh, and it's out in Cranberry. Yeah, it's okay. You can say it. It's the best comedy show in Pittsburgh, hands down. <laughs> yeah. uh, I've <laughs> done that show. I can confirm. That's a great room. It's, yeah. It's the best venue um, in Western PA. Um, it's in the round, which is fairly unique for comedy uh, yeah. in this area. Um, how do you like, like, how did you adjust to doing in the round? Because, you know. I brought my own Lazy Susan. Uh, <laughs> that, that was the easiest way to address the crowd. That's a good way to do it. I just act like a pretty girl in a club and ignore people. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you, you get to stare at my ass. For this whole set, exactly. Yeah, are you You're more self conscious about your back? I took the power back. You know what I'm <laughs> pause. <laughs> you want to go pause himself? I'll pause. No, I'm him. not gonna pause myself. <laughs> not on the radio. We're professional. Today. Power back. Anybody listening out there? Ed's a power back. <laughs> so you got two shows Saturday, <laughs> seven o'clock and nine thirty. Brandon Shell, Chris Kemp, uh, Harry Gillib. Gill, how do you say that? That's a mouthful. Gilliland. Gilliland. I got to pause that. But look, that dude's got that dude's got way too many L's. <laughs> um, th now this Saturday's at Arcade Comedy Theater. Uh, yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, so the sa Saturday is uh, is arcade. This Saturday is arcade. We got Jeff Conkle. You guys know that guy. He's Mr. Wednesday. Man. Wait a minute. Why does it say Comtra? Well, this is the 24th, so it's Saturday. Saturday. Right, you guys are confused. Yeah, we're working hard. Yeah, they got a lot of shows here, going man. on. All right, we got so a you're lot pimping a show shows. 10 days from now. <laughs> we, we, yeah, we're we doing a lot of work out here, but we wanted to you know, partner with the two best venues in, in the city or around the city. You know, We like to you're doing put it. our hands in everything. You guys are an emp an empire, an enterprise now. Uh, I like, like that, you know. I, I like it. See, I haven't I mean, it's the first time we heard that <laughs> enterprise. Yeah, yeah. like no, I'm telling you, we'll pick you up <laughs> and take you to we our show. Put that yeah. on the flyers. <laughs> Why don't you guys do that, dude? Just you that. guys, I'm serious. You could increase your audiences if you went and picked people up and brought them to the show. <laughs> True. I think Comedy we, like Uber laughs. Well, if we're doing, uh, we have to sponsor every every show, so we might need to partner with somebody on some pickups. Hey man, Uber, if you if you're trying to, you know I mean, Listen, come come on, you got the food, you delivering food, come deliver some laughs too. Yeah, man, don't be delivering my Chipotle. I don't, I don't know how that. <laughs> I'm, I feel weird about that. So I got Uber Eats, uh, like from like a fast food kind of place, but it wasn't really. There's a place in Oakland that's a chain. It's called Piata, and I went there a couple weeks ago, and I'm like. 
you know when you walk into a place for the first time and you have it and you're like, I have never eaten this food before. It tastes better than any. This is the greatest thing ever. I love it. And then you get it another time and you're like, mm. Yeah. Uh, well, One hit wonder. <laughs> it's Italian street food. I don't know what that means. That's what it says. It's Italian street food. And so when I ordered it, Spaghetti I got Spaghetti that's been on the sidewalk? Like, I don't even know what that means. <laughs> Uber Eats brought it, but it took like an hour. Oh, and then when it got oh, there, right. I was like, this does not taste like how it tasted when I was there. And then I wondered like, well, what can they do? How do you know that they aren't messing with your food? Like, there's no... It's just a dude handing you a bag outside your house. I know, but it looks, and then he runs away like he just handed you a bag of, like, you know, contraband. Delivery tax out of there. Yeah, I mean, don't order fries. He's getting all the bag fries. By the time you got it, it was leftovers already. That's what it was. That one of every three pepperonis (laughs) off, like, dropped some off to his kids. (laughs) (laughs) But then people get, like, super mad at their Grubhub and Uber Eats online. Like, I, I see everybody teeing off on, and Postmates, I guess, is the one in L.A. And all these comics are always like bitching about it. <laughs> it just thinks it sounds kind of silly. Everyone's like, man, you didn't bring my food from the place I ordered. For-. It's because so, it, it's two people removed. Right. <laughs> like well, they don't oh, work for where you ordered the food. Right. Yeah. Like anybody delivering my food that's not wearing a name tag, I don't trust that. Guy. <laughs> if you can't get fired yeah. like, from the place I ordered from, <laughs> I mean, don't order fast food from a delivery dude. Like they call it fast food because if you don't eat it fast, it stops being food. <laughs> yeah, yeah like, basically. So it's a race against the clock. That's yeah. why most people eat it in their car. Exactly. <laughs> that's why I, I don't wait till I get to the office before I eat my food. I'm eating that in the car before I get there. So maybe you should partner with Lyft or uber and get people to come out to the show cranberry next saturday night the mm-hmm. 24th uh, and uh tickets are available at comptra theater.ticketleap.com and uh joe uh interim joe will uh, uh he'll uh throw a link up for us on the dv website cool thanks shout out to joe man yeah. he's been super dope interim joe, joe man. 18 is the best all right so it's seven o'clock show it's a little cheaper for the uh, 9 30 show if you want to go to that one and and you have a pretty cool feature here uh it's byob Free liquor? Yep. Yes. That's how we roll, man. Every right. every show. Both. Listen, you, both. Yeah. It's BYOB and we give out samples. You get people to bring beer to your podcast, mm-hmm. booze to your comedy shows. Smart. You figured it out, man. <laughs> Smart. Yeah. I mean, people people like booze. People like to have a good time. And like, I mean, these brewers, these uh, distillers and whatnot, they're all local. Uh-huh. So, you know, they're still on the ground level. It's not like we're dealing with like, you know, the the Schmirnoffs and like, you know, the the big hitters that are like, you know, they're, they're too big to handle. Like, these are all local people that are doing good stuff in our town, in our city. So like, you know, the brewers come out and they have a good time with us. They hang out. They right. have a good time. They, you know, people love their stuff. Yeah. And then people actually go freak with them afterwards. So, I mean, it's, I, I don't know if we found the ticket or if we just make it a, a easy for people to enjoy themselves and come out and, you know, booze just makes it a lot easier. <laughs> yeah, I mean, we have an event and we can get their product in the hands and tummies of a lot of people. So they like to partner with us and then have a good time while doing it. How's the podcast going? Podcast is going great. Oh, man, I can't I can't say enough. I mean, without that podcast, we wouldn't we wouldn't be a lot of places that we're at right now. You got so. a big following, man. That's a tough thing. You're like, uh, you know, you're like uh, the Dejan Kovacevic of comedy in Pittsburgh. 
I don't know who I that is. I have no idea who that is. <laughs> I'm going to take it as a compliment. Because anybody whose name has that many syllables, they got to do something right. Compared to a white dude. <laughs> but, so. Possibly. I don't know where. You know, they could be from Wakanda. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know what that is. Does he smash watermelons? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know who he is, but thank you. <laughs> I met you. Are, you're taking uh, the form to the digital realm, you know? And, well, they're uh, completely self-sufficient. They got their own podcast. They do stand-up. They're 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 their own promoters. They got the booze. They have food trucks. They bring everything to the venue. It's a one-stop shop. shop. I mean, if without you the controversy, yeah, yeah, you'll have to go find the controversy part if you <laughs> or don't the know consonants. Either. Yeah, 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 we haven't had the side chick fight yet. No. We haven't had that. Once we get that, once somebody brings a side chick to the show and their wife shows up, that's when we're official. Right. <laughs> I mean, Ed got hate mail from a bike association, so All I right, feel you like oh, you know, man, there is a little you, controversy there. Don't ever stuff. say anything bad about bicycles. I don't even you're know what bicycles I said was bad. or motorcycles. Bicycles, actual with bike lanes. lanes. This yeah. is oh. this is not. It's a touchy subject. It's not. Uh, only a Pittsburgh thing. Uh, this is like in New York, people like who ha- complain about bicycles. Bike lobby. Oh man, they are not to be. Ma- Ask Sean McDowell. Sean McDowell said something on the air one day here, and he was on an uh, he was in an online fight for months. <laughs> they sent strongly worded emails. Like the the subject <laughs> of the email was "f this guy," and then it had like a sound bite from me. I was like, oh man. Wow. Yeah. Whoa. Who did they send it to? Just you? I don't know who they sent it to. So it went out to everyone. I got called into a meeting. No with, kidding. With this organization. You and went to it? Yeah, I went. How'd I it go? Uh, I got it. I got exposed to an email that said, F this guy <laughs> with my voice <laughs> <laughs> Did you stand by your original point? What, what yes. was your original point? Well, I don't know. Can I say it on this show? Because yeah. y'all going to get emails to say F this guy. No, you're the guy saying it. So Ed Bailey was drinking partners we were, podcast. Uh, we were talking when we were Mayor Perduto. I was joking yeah. with Mayor Perduto. I said, hey, is, do you think it would be all right if we could tap the bumper of someone on a bike just to let them know to move over a little bit? And I guess they didn't like that at all. And I'm oh. like suggesting running themselves over. So like I didn't know. even suggest running them over. It's just a so you're clearly tap. joking. Just a tap, tap, tap. Like yeah. when you're trying to get out of a, a, a tight parking situation, yeah. you tap. Everybody's tapped yeah, somebody's tap. bumper. Yeah. Yeah, curb check, like you know, a little. Uh, uh. <laughs> you guys both got the same We've been doing this too long. <laughs> so then they came after you for that. Yeah, now we're not gonna sell any more tickets. Well, <laughs> nobody's gonna bike to the show. Yeah, yeah, they might much. not bike to it. I want to join you in this because one time we were driving. This is like I was. This is I was in high school. Oh, we were driving trouble. past this biker, and I reached out and smacked his ass. <laughs> and then our car was stopped at a red light. He pulled up next to us, spit on me, and like kicked this dude's car. And I was just like, oh man, I, I learned my lesson right there. I was like, do not mess with people on a bicycle. Yeah. <laughs> no. They will catch up to you eventually. Hey, if man, you're in the city. If Don't, you're listening no. and you want to come talk about it, man, the podcast is always open, man. They, yeah. We actually invited them out right after that. We were like, hey, come on. And then we didn't hear anything from them. So, hey, Bike Association of Pittsburgh, you want to come on? We can beef it out on the podcast. That's oh, what the podcast dude. is for. You don't want a bike beef. They will <laughs> They will come at you. They'll spit on your car, apparently. Yeah. I'll, I'll do a lot more spit than that. Spit on you. Do you, you know, maybe you, what you can do to make amends is in the round, just ride a unicycle around while you're doing comedy <laughs> out there in Cranberry. Nah, PA <laughs> Libations is sponsoring the show. I don't want to bike and... Oh, you can't, uh, yeah, get a BUI. You can't libate and, 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 uh, and bike. All right, so that's next weekend, and not for nothing, but this Saturday night, you will be at the Arcade Theater mm-hmm. with uh, our own uh, Jeff Conkle here, Mr. Wednesday. Jeff Conkle will be on that show uh, Saturday night. Is Saturday there two night. or one show there? 
That's just one yeah. show, 9 o'clock. Uh, we'll have Jeff Conkle, um, Brandon Shell, and uh, Suzanne Lawrence, PA Libations. We also awesome. um, sponsor that. It'll also be BYOB on top of the free booze that we're giving out. Damn. And we have, uh, like you said, Mr. Wednesday, Jeff Conkle there. So, again, you know, it's okay. It's the best, it's the best comedy show we're in the, the city. the most fun tandem in this city. Yeah, yeah you're <laughs> making it happen. All right. Compter Theater next weekend. This weekend, Arcade Comedy Theater. It's uh, it's the Drinking Partners podcast crew. I mean, you're basically yeah, you are. You're a comedy empire right now. Thank you. Oh, you're like appreciate uh, that. Can we isolate that? Uh, <laughs> yeah, you know, to isolate that. <laughs> we can add that to the podcast. Yeah, he gave us a thumbs up. That yeah, yeah. Send that send that audio clip back to the person that said, yeah. "F this guy." <laughs> <laughs> send that to Epicast so they can loop that on front of every every episode. Ed Bailey, Dave Bracy from uh, Drinking Partners Podcast. Always a pleasure to see you, fellas. All right, thank All right, man. You. Thank you, man. True love. It. It's 58 degrees at DVE. I'm Val Porter, a South Florida community waking up today, struggling for answers after one of the worst school massacres in our nation's history. A former student at Marjorie Stoneman Douglas High School entered the campus and, according to eyewitnesses, pulled a fire alarm. Then when students came out, started firing with an AR-15 rifle. Police say Nicholas Cruz killed 17 people and injured more than a dozen others. He was booked into Broward County Jail yesterday. He has been charged with 17 counts of premeditated murder and has a, a court appearance today. It's the third worst school shooting in modern U.S. history behind only Virginia Tech and Newtown, and it seems as if all the signs were there. Cruz was kicked out of school for disciplinary reasons. His classmates describe him as a loner who had an obsessive interest in weapons. Uh, they say the former Army JROTC member would often post social media videos of killing animals, and one student said he had threatened a female friend of his once. Police say Cruz slipped away from the high school campus by blending in with other students who were fleeing the scene. So, uh, you know, it would be great if we lived in a world where mentally ill people didn't have easy access to guns. You know, I, great if we, li- you know, and the majority, vast majority of <laughs> Americans believe the same thing. So you have to uh, you have to act, you know, if that's something that you believe in and you believe that that will make a difference. I mean, I think it will at the very least keeping assault rifles away from mentally ill people seems like a good start. Yes. The accused Mexican drug lord known as El Chapo is expected to appear in Brooklyn Federal Court today. Joaquin Guzman's lawyers are asking the judge to change his mind about keeping jurors' identities a secret when the drug kingpin goes on trial this fall. They claim that will make it tough for El Chapo to get a fair trial, but prosecutors say Guzman's Sinaloa cartel has quite a track record of making people involved in previous trials either go silent or completely disappear. The judge has also ruled that prospective jurors will be partially sequestered and escorted to court by heavily armed guards. Yeah, he shouldn't be able to know their names or see their identities because those people will not be alive anymore if they convict him. And that's a scary thing. I don't want any more people to die, but I'm hoping that ends up being a good Netflix show. What the uh, Chapo, the El Chapo story? Because yeah. not maybe Narcos will probably just evolve into that. Eventually. Yeah, probably. That's where they're headed. Him going Boy, into a Brooklyn court and being like, "Where's Brooklyn at?" There are a ton of Pablo Escobar documentaries on Netflix. Yeah, I don't know why there are so many. Be- Pablo Escobar is quickly becoming the South American Hitler. Like he's. The, people are no. obsessing over him. Well, yes. I, I get in terms of like obsession, I, I like not, not in terms of what he is. So, I mean, he was a monster, but 
he was beloved. It's mm-hmm. like the most. We didn't really understand it as it was happening here. We didn't have the same sort of access to you know multimedia access that we have now. So what we were learning was sort of like you know very sort of cursory. Uh, you know, storylines about the Pablo Escobar mm-hmm. empire at the time. And now that it's actually been dramatized and there have been a mil- million books about it, it is, it's incredibly fascinating what he was able to achieve. Ultimately, supremely evil. I mean, the dude blew up a plane. I mean, he's a bad, Kill bad guy. Politicians and judges. All kinds and- of people. But that was like, you watch Narcos or something like Peaky Blinders, uh, you know, it's always, they know, they find out who the people are and then it's like their whole family is dead. Oh, yeah. Yeah, this so, is this ain't a TV show. This is for this this El Chapo for real. So they got to really worry about what's going on. Well, with him. Sean Penn must be terrified because he set El Chapo up. Did he? Kinda. Kinda. I mean, why was El Chapo meeting with Sean Penn? Because he wanted to meet that actress. That's right. Because just like Pablo Escobar, he had that weakness. He wanted the the famous, glamorous women. What if one of his favorite childhood movies was Fast Times at Ridgemont High? I've got to meet Spicoli. <laughs> How could I not? Uh, it, it wasn't I Am Sam. I can tell you that. <laughs> Do you think if you keep your partner happy in the bedroom, they won't stray? Well, you'd be wrong. A new study out of Florida State University found that couples who have good sex are actually more likely to cheat on each other. Yeah, if you're good at basketball, you want to play with a bunch of games. Yeah, researchers think it's because people who are used to great sex become hooked on sex, so they eventually look to branch out to other people. Study also found attractive women are less likely to cheat on their husbands than women who aren't quite as good looking. But (laughs) good looking guys, way more likely to cheat on their wives than less attractive men. Uh, I think it's because women are inherently, like, you know, happier with relationships. Maybe. And, yeah. the like, the pretty girls who have relationships are, like, they're they're content. Mm-hmm. Uh, and possibly women who are somehow perceived, even by this poll, to be mm-hmm. less study. attractive feel like they need to prop themselves up by, like, well, if I, you know, bang a lot of dudes, then that makes me... I- yeah, attractive right <laughs> does that make sense yeah in other words it's a terrible thing no it does tourists of the olympics in south korea are flocking to one tourist attraction it's basically a penis park it's in the port city of sinam and it's called Sadang park and it is a monument to fertility born from a legend about a virgin and a fish i don't know if this was the inspiration Whoa. for the shape of water but the site features penis totem poles, penis benches, penis wind chimes. There's even a penis-shaped cannon with a warning that tourists should not mount it. Uh, the legend, or stand in front of it. <laughs> <laughs> the legend behind the park has been chiseled into a row of stone penises and tells of a virgin who died in a storm as her boyfriend collected seaweed from a rock in a nearby cove. According to one version of the legend, the village was unable to catch fish after she died until one fisherman urinated into the sea, which somehow satisfied the virgin's spirit. The fisherman later erected a shrine and a phallus on the cliffs of the village in memory of the deceased. Fishermen get lonely. I don't think that's how you lose your virginity. (laughs) Peeing into the sea. (laughs) Fish sex is big right now. It is big. The shape of water. It's huge. Yeah. See, they sold out of those dildos. <laughs> Did they really? Yeah, the the shape of water, like the river monster guy. 
The river monster. That's what he is. Yes, the South American river monster. South American river monster. He's a god. You never even call him by his name. He's not a monster. That's what I want. I want one of those awesome Oscar mashups with that guy in You Never Call Me By Your Name. <laughs> he what? Look, that movie was really good. I kind of made fun of it. I what, watched it Shape again. Shape of Water? Yeah, I it's watched it again. With beautiful. Her. It's a beautiful movie. Beautiful. It's very well done. Fish sex aside, it's, it's beautiful. Even It's not like you have to watch it. I think the most unbelievable part of that movie for me is that she doesn't get evicted after she fills her house up with water. <laughs> right. Well, that's, that guy should have thrown her out right then. Again, that's got to be break the lease, you yeah. would think. It's fantastical. There's no doubt about it. I didn't understand why they had the bigot guy in the pie shop. That was my only, why does that guy exist? Like, I didn't understand why any of that was in the movie. Well, I think it was to kind of build up the, the you, you know how the one guy who has the wig, I don't know what his name is. He's the, her neighbor. Yeah, her, her neighbor and best friend. When he opens his fridge, he has like all those key lime pies. Yes. Because the pie is terrible, but he right. has a crush on the dude that on, works Right. There. But I don't know why. But that doesn't add to the plot in any way, shape, or form other than identifying that guy as, as gay. It doesn't do anything to further the plot. And it's like a long way to go to explain why he doesn't fall in love with that girl. Right. You know, other than maybe dis- know. like describing Baltimore in the 1950s or whatever and the socio sort of, you know, racial inequality that was happening, whites only counter type stuff mm-hmm. was still occurring. Um, but th- it really doesn't serve anything other than to prove, I guess maybe he was a, it was to illustrate that that guy was oppressed like she and the fish monster were. See, I want to yeah, see maybe. a deleted scene where she takes the fish monster in for pie. And he's like, <laughs> order and then you leave. Get out of here. <laughs> we don't serve fish monsters. At least one phantom <laughs> pooper has been caught and a Connecticut woman has been arrested for pooping on a swanky private street. I bet the fish monster knows phantom pooper. Officers <laughs> busted Holly Malone after residents on a quiet cul-de-sac complained about finding human feces in the middle of their block on two different occasions. Deputies set up a surveillance <laughs> camera after the second incident. A few days later, they watched in amusement as well as horror as Malone dropped trow and Ugh. pooped on the pavement. Troopers zeroed in on her license plate, which allowed them to track her down, and uh, they got a confession out of her, but they couldn't get her to reveal a reason. Now, look, I, she was doing it. I saw the, the article, and I was not expecting her to be as big as she was. <laughs> this is not like a runner with a, with a nervous stomach. This woman had Taco Bell and then a Red Bull. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Just, yeah, she drove there. I mean, what, like, what are you doing? She just crapped her. She didn't want to crap her pants. Right. Is what happened. Yeah, basically. But why go to the same cul-de-sac? Why terrorize that, that, that end street? It's perplexing. A rock star from the San Diego area wants to fund UFO research. Tom DeLong is a former singer for Blink-182 and says when he received secret UFO research from a Department of Defense insider, it changed his life. His new company is called To the Stars Academy of Arts and Science, and he's trying to raise $50 million. He has a UFO-themed gift shop filled with extraterrestrial stuff, including books about aliens. He says his ultimate goal is to build a ship that can warp through space and time. Uh, You know, the Pentagon declassified all that stuff. 
And we found out there were like flying saucers, UFOs that we can, you know, by definition, cannot identify. And nobody cared. Were there aliens in them, though? We don't know. Do you guys part, not remember when all this happened like three months ago? Like yes. the, the craziest stuff in the world is happening on an hourly basis <laughs> right now. And people shrug their shoulders and wait for the next thing. We live in Black Mirror. It's Black Mirror. <laughs> just the nuttiest stuff is happening. That's why I don't know why you watch that show. It's, so it's just great. a reminder of how screwed up everything is or could be. No, I'm preparing myself. Uh, Are we sure it's not just like... Elon Musk's great grandfather, who right. shot like a Model T into space, or Probably. some Russian, some Russian surveillance. Maybe, but we don't know. The point is, you know, they're unidentified. Yeah, but but that doesn't mean aliens built them. But this guy's not going to raise fifty million dollars to further his cause because they already declassified all the stuff that he was made privy to, and nobody gave a bleep. He wants, people are like, he wants to build a spaceship, Randy. Wow, flying saucers. What's next? What else you got in there? Right. And it just, the news cycle moves on. Forecast today as we're moving on. Uh, rainy, <laughs> 60 for the high. Expect flooding overnight tonight with more rain and temperatures in the upper 40s. It's 58 at DVE. It sounded like I was really sort of just incredulous about Tom DeLong from Blink-182 starting a <sighs> UFO thing. I don't care at all. <laughs> I, I wish him no. luck. I, I of course. At least he's got to wish him luck. As long as he's not making music, who cares? <laughs> no, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. The Blink-182 fans. You like them, don't you, Val? No. <laughs> you don't want to piss that one guy off who's a fan of theirs. No, there's who's a bunch. Right don't they have the drummers and uh, Travis Barker, their drummer? Yeah, yes. I think so. He's cool. Right? Is that band? That band isn't doing anything, though. No, they? it's all they you probably have, have a cruise. Oh, Everybody has a cruise now. Well, who knew they, they were going to catch on and be so profitable? Every band or genre has a cruise now. I remember oh, the yeah. early 2000s, Blink-18, like when they had that video where they were all running naked up the beach. I was like, whoa, these guys are cool. They're on TRL like every day. They're so funny. There's The problem with the cruises is the, these guys are getting older, you know? And like somebody died on a cruise. Yeah. The was Boston a, drummer. Yeah, I think that was it. The Boston drummer died on a cruise and... You know, other things are happening, mishaps. Um, I don't. You guys probably don't know who Johnny Neal is. Johnny Neal's a Southern rock staple. Played in the Allman Brothers for a while. He's blind, uh, but he's he was part of that whole family. So he was taking part in the Southern Rock cruise, and he posted this on Facebook. I, Johnny Neal is like one of the funniest dudes ever. You know, Warren Haynes talks about him like he's list. They're they're driving in a car one day, listening to the Beatles, and he's like, "That guy's singing off key." And he's like, that's Paul McCartney. He's one of the greatest, most precise singers ever. And Johnny Neal's like, I don't give a rat's ass who he is. He's singing off key. <laughs> <laughs> well, he, he posted on Facebook a couple days ago. He's like, I guess there's some rumors out there. I almost died on the Southern Rock Cruise. And the truth is, I did die. Thanks to Randy Threat, bass player for the Outlaws, I'm still here. I was eating dinner with Jamo, former drummer for the Almond Brothers, and my wife, Christine, when I started choking on a piece of meat and apparently passed out. Christine jumped up and started yelling for help. Thank God Randy from the Outlaws heard her and came right over. Randy gave me the Heimlich. Said it took a couple times before the meat came out. <laughs> First thing I said was, what was that beautiful jazz music? Randy said, jazz music? There's no jazz music. You're unconscious. 
I don't even remember choking. The only thing I remembered was hearing the most beautiful jazz music I ever heard. It was like all the songs in the world were playing in perfect harmony and rhythm. Then I realized what happened, and it shook me up. And I'm glad to be alive, and I really appreciate my wife and good friends being there for me and helping me through that moment. Love y'all. See you on the next cruise. Choking on meat and listening to bit. So his heaven. Is this the one that just happened? The tour Because they just had a Southern Rock cruise in January. Yes. But how funny is that? He's like, I heard there's a rumor that I almost died. Almost. I did die. <laughs> <laughs> Good news. Heaven's beautiful jazz music. <laughs> heaven's a buffet at the Blue Note. Thank God that Randy from the Outlaws gave me the Hamlet. <laughs> Mike's got your sports and we come back. DV. It is the DVE morning show. Mike has uh, run off to go to the Kevin Colbert press conference down at the Steelers headquarters. He just ran off. He ran. He literally ran out of here with his, put his press hat on and he's he probably his not going to make it. Notebook in his back pocket and he took off running. He'll make it. It's far away. Nah, I've got. I don't know what his pace is, but that's like five miles. I got faith in him. Uh, it seemed like a good time to do some misconnections. There was one that was like sure. Making the uh, viral rounds there, a woman who met a guy on a bus, and she painted it on the side of a building. Mm-hmm. That's I, aggressive. Looked like it was in like Brooklyn or something. That's These are here in Pittsburgh. Over. And the day after Valentine's Day, I can only hope that these people will find the love that will allow them next Valentine's Day to spend it with someone special. First one, we're in the same class, CCAC, man for woman. Feel like you're something there. <laughs> caught you looking. Caught you looking. And you caught me. You see me before I see you. Wow. Tell me what our instructor's name is. All right, now that's all it says, which... It's so weird in misconnections when they ask for a, a you know an, a, a qualifier an identifying question mm-hmm. so that I know it's you. It ends up sounding like a Quincy Jones interview. We're in the same class. I caught you looking at me. What's your birthstone, man? <laughs> <laughs> Wait a minute, what? By the way, I mean typos abound in that one. If you're grammatical in- errors, no wonder they're both at CCAC. <laughs> You're in the same class. It's not a missed connection. You're seeing the person <laughs> you can just over talk to and over. God, I knew where. I wish I knew where I could find you. That's what missed connection is supposed to be. You passed in the night <laughs> and you failed to make the connection. Dude, you sit next to her. Tap her on the shoulder and say <laughs> hi. Right. Uh, the other thing I like is when people just throw stuff like out on the misconnections that have nothing to do with misconnections just because they're lonely. Like, I miss you and I'm really sorry. Like, anybody who would have been the offended party would be like, maybe I should go on misconnections to see if that <laughs> dumb dumb is sorry. He is. Like this one, woman for man, Wexford. Valentine's Day is today and I'm just sitting here wishing a certain someone would text me. Send me flowers. If you're into someone, just go for it. Truly make her day. But I know the guy I'm into would never be into me. That's just sad. Yeah, it is. That's, I feel terrible. Sound like a misconnection. It's not a misconnection. No, that's a sad connection. This is a therapy <laughs> connection. Yes, <laughs> you need to connect with a therapist.
Now there's a good misconnect. Like there's a connection to make. A, a therapist should just reach out to all these people. <laughs> Every person that posts on that. Dude, that's that's actually a great idea. Hey, I saw your post. Let's talk about your sads. <laughs> Forest Hills. Physical therapy, man for woman. I think we've been hitting it off pretty well in physical therapy every week. Respond back with what type of dog you have. <laughs> Is it a therapy dog? <laughs> <laughs> or give me a sign at our next appointment. Again, not not, not a misconnection. Nope. You're- all you have to do is speak up. The reason you're hitting it off with this woman is because she is paid by your insurance company to help you get better. <laughs> it's her job. There's no connection, missed or otherwise. You dumb, dumb you. <laughs> You've been all over me. I've been stretching you. It's, you're in physical therapy. This one's a tough one, Bill. Target, CVS, Pharmacy. That is woman, a hot spot. Woman for man, East Liberty. Familiar you, with the venue. You know it. Oh, you. Yeah. She types, you, bespeckled pharmacy tech with impeccable style. Me, picking up meds so frequently you know my name. <laughs> <laughs> you already know the worst things about me. Want to get a drink sometime? Wow. I mean, you this know guy knows. the worst things about me. And here's the thing for that guy. Not a deal breaker. He's like, I'm giving this girl crazy pills at least bi-monthly. Still not a deal breaker for me. Exactly. Take her to Bakery Square. Meet her at social. Have a couple cocktails. See what's cracking. And uh, lastly, this one is... Um, I don't know if I should do the Blairsville... Threesome or the lady in leather? Which one? Oh, do you I've been hear? to Blairsville. Uh, you can't squeeze both of them in. Squeeze them in. Blairsville long shot, man and woman for man. We were at the bleep 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 pub and grill near Blairsville tonight and saw this black man come in to eat. Overheard his first time there. Wife was interested in a possible hookup in a male female threesome. <laughs> it was you. Let us know what you ordered. We are a mature couple, mid fifties. Wow! Whoa! I'm, that's a that's a that's a big swing, isn't it? I mean, yeah. just kind of like, hmm. hey, fellow. <laughs> they should just get divorced. <laughs> you know what I mean? Should, At this uh, point, maybe we should give Mitch Vitell's number. Yeah, exactly. See, there are a lot of people who are into that. I gotta. You ta- just gotta I, find them. I actually have to talk to Mitch because I think he's gonna have like his wife is gonna have their first child, and I gotta sure see did. if he's still doing that. She already did. Are they back on the swing? I don't know, but they, they she had the baby. I know that. She did? Yeah. When? I don't know. I saw a picture of him holding the baby. I don't know. We'll call him. Let's get him on the air tomorrow. Yeah, we should. We'll call Mitch. We really should. Um, all right. Last last one for you. Lady in leather. Man for woman. Butler. Age? Oh, yeah. 51. Here we go. Lady in leather, the leather outfit I saw, Butler City. Saw you again this morning, and then again later on. Buying smokes both times. Lovely smile on a lovely lady. Love to meet for coffee. Let me know. All right. Misconnection. Sounds right. Yeah. That's a misconnection. Sure. But I'm finding it hard to believe that there's only one woman in Butler that has a leather outfit on. (laughs)
<laughs> right. Can you narrow it down a little bit? Yeah. You are wearing a Steeler jersey. <laughs> All right. <laughs> that's, I need that's, you to narrow it down a little further. You had matching leather case for your cigarettes. <laughs> that still Again. doesn't... Wide, wide pool, a big one. Venn diagram, very you full. You have a Zippo. <laughs> Again, it's just you got to do something that singles it out. You spit a hawker on the hood of a car <laughs> in the parking lot. Details. It's the DV Morning Show, and Stan Saverin is joining us right now. Uh, Stan, are you watching the Olympics? No. Okay, you should be. Here's why. <laughs> Not just because Michaela Schifrin is uh, set now to go on a nice medal run, it looks like, after uh, getting her first one last night. Spoiler alert. I'm not sure when they're showing that. She's and, awesome. I'm rooting for her. Right. Uh, Chloe Kim, uh, just h- hilarious, adorable. Sean White, even though he's a total jerk, doing incredible things on the half pipe. The stoner kid who stayed up all night watching Netflix, slept through his alarm, still made it in time to get a gold medal. <laughs> Netflix and gold. That's Looks why like they it. call it the half pipe. Yeah. <laughs> they, yeah. they named it after Sean yeah, White. That's right. <laughs> so, uh, he looks like he's on full pipe sometimes. <laughs> there's no doubt about it. Uh, my, my favorite is the cross-country skiing because at the end, like it, it, looks, like, it looks like Jonestown. Everybody's just collapsed laying <laughs> On top of each other, the second they get done with it, spitting, they're just like laying on the ground. They can't move another, you know, inch forward. They have just exhausted themselves. Like it's just an incredible endurance sport. It's like the marathon. I mean, you see those you know, poor people, oh, yeah. you know, stumbling on the finish line. You know, someone give me a sandwich. Uh, you know, it's, <laughs> barely make it. And uh, the cross country skiers make the mistake. See, they should get into biathlon because you can cross country ski. And then you get to lie down for a while and shoot at things, <laughs> right. and you rest, and then you get back up. And who thought that up? Oh, it. Uh, yeah, know, I don't know how that sport started. One of uh, the uh, the stars in the sport, uh, Kick and Randall, says you're pushing yourself so close to the physical limits, and you're really just convincing yourself to last for incremental times longer. Like, think about that. Like, just go one more minute. Just go one. I. I, I another minute you've been sprinting intermittently for the last couple of minutes and your body is starved for oxygen your arms and legs feel like jelly thanks to acid buildup in short you combine an insatiable need to breathe as hard as possible with leg and arm muscles seizing from acid buildup along with a central nervous system unable to control the act of standing and gliding upright and the result is skiers dropping to the ground because they can't stand and they need to recover and then they got to go do another race I'm, I'm like con- fun to me. I'm convinced that the cross-country skiing is just a way for Norway to compete against itself on the world stage. It's just a way for Norway. They come in first, second, third, fourth, fifth. It's just a way for Norway to get to Sweden. It's <laughs> <Right. laughs> <laughs> the only mode of transportation. Or Finland. I don't know. Which one's closer? Uh, who cares? Nobody cares. They're all the same. But you can't watch. You're not, not, I think the biathlon started maybe when like a cross-country skier was being chased by a bear. Or something well, like that to you defend know, themselves. If you're shooting for food and you're skiing and you're going out on patrol and you know you see a, a chicken or a squirrel or something. Yeah, uh, but chicken. shooting. T- I don't know. I, I don't know. I, you know this is not a statement chickens. about that. I, I, I just um, the the sports that they engage in are largely unrecognizable to me. <laughs> yeah, me, I agree. And uh, it's you know I, to each their own. I think you know it's great. And I've, you know the, when the figure skating starts. Um, that's the most popular sport, most watched uh, event. Yeah. Um, and, you know, women love that and the gymnastics and the summer games. Um, I would watch, 
I probably will watch some of the hockey, but obviously the interest is not there. But I, having said that, I admit I'm a hypocrite. I love to watch Olympic hockey with the NHLers there, but I'm glad the NHL is not there. I think it's bad for the league. I don't. I don't think the league gains anything from it. Uh, I think the sport gains from having the best players there, but the league, if you can separate the two, I think the NHL does not benefit from it, and uh, I, I don't applaud when they go over there. But I would. I, I would watch it, but I, I just think it's bad for the league. Uh, Sean Rod and Clint Hurdle seem to be the main voices coming out of Pirate Spring Training right now, and the message is this. I've seen crazier things happen. This is not exactly instill a lot of confidence in Pirate fans that you're going to have a super fun year to watch. Will they withstand this rebuilding, you know, whatever? Remember, was it Cam Bonifay had the, the original five-year plan? Right. And we're on the fifth one of those. Will the fan base stick with them through it? No. Uh, the fan base is going to come and go as their fortunes come and go. Uh, I, I think the problem the Pirates have now, two, number one, there's a big topic going on in sports about tanking. The Houston Astros tanked. Other teams have tanked. but if you And the Florida Marlins have done it twice, mm-hmm. but came back to win World Series, dismantled the team after they did, in, in 97, then again, what was it, 04, 03, whatever they did, and now they're doing it again. Um, the Astros did it. They sold off all their assets. The question I would ask Pirate fans is, if this indeed is what the Pirates are doing, then if it comes out rosy on the other side, then is it worth it? The problem with that is, and this is the biggest problem they have right now, is the perception that no matter how close they get, they'll never make the big step. I mean, when the Astros thought they were close, they went out and got Justin Verlander. Uh, You know, we've seen teams go out. When the Pirates won 98 games, they did not do that. And one of the topics I'm going to bring up on my show today is the two problems they have is, number one, they're not tanking. They're taking sort of a middle-road approach, and that's a road to nowhere. That's a good point. They weren't going to be in contention with Andrew McCutcheon and Garrett Cole. But that's not the argument. You know, the the argument. Keeping them and adding to that roster. If you're going to get rid of them, make yourself better for it. And I don't know how much better they've gotten for it. And we've already proven what the the trajectory is for these guys. If they are good, they'll get rid of them. That, That is the second part of the problem. It's not only a matter that the fans in Pittsburgh, Western Pennsylvania, are reacting to the team's record, two losing seasons in a row after the three uh, playoff years. It's that there is a sense of mistrust, that no matter Mm -hmm. what happens, they're never going to go out and do what needs to be done, you know, like the Astros did, like... I mean, even the Indians did when they thought they were close. They went out and got Andrew Miller. They signed Edwin Encarnacion, you know, players like that. Um, And real or imagined perception is reality. And right now there's a tremendous amount of distrust, mistrust, and flat-out apathy. That's the worst thing that can happen. Even just zooming in, though, past the big picture, past the historical losing seasons and the ownership not wanting to spend the money, if you just zoom in 
to the division. I mean, you, you look how active the Cubs and the Brewers have been. I mean, the, the Pirates are really looking up now at the rest of the division. Yeah, they and the Reds are the, you know, the bottom feeders. The Cardinals have always been there. Um, I'll give you the Cubs. They have a ton of money. So do the Cardinals. Um, but Milwaukee. Look what the Brewers did. Exactly. And, um, you know, their ownership, it's a smaller market than Pittsburgh. Uh, and I, you, you want to look and say, well, they're well-financed. Despite they're in a small market, I mean, they're they're owned by a big Hollywood producer. They've got money. Um, but so does Bob Nutting. And I understand the need to maintain a budget, but with them, it's not a matter of, well, we can't spend that money. It's a matter of we won't spend that money. Stan, who you got on the show today? Well, we're going to have John Parado on, longtime baseball writer. Um, he is in Bradenton. We'll talk about some of those same things. Uh, it's Stan and Guy Day. Guy will be on with me today from uh, 1 until 2. It's the two-man luge of sports talk. <laughs> Stan and right. Guy. <laughs> Except we go uphill. Right. And you want to talk about crossing <laughs> just one more minute. When you do a talk show like I do and you get no callers, <laughs> one more minute. <laughs> one more m- Do you collapse at the end of it like the <laughs> cross-country skiers do? make it every Stan day. Stan's just laying in a heap on the ground. <sighs> Oh, two hours of sports talk down. <laughs> My God. Uh, Stanley, thanks as always. Also, thanks to the drinking partners, Ed Bailey, Dave Bracey, their comedy show 10 days from now at the Comptra th- uh, Theater in Cranberry. Two shows, 7 o'clock, 9.30, uh, giving you a heads up for this Cranberry because, you know, out there they got to get babysitters and stuff. You know? That's right. Plans. Yeah, so you got 10 days to figure that out. Brandon Chell, Chris Kemp, uh, Harry Gilliland, and Tommy Kupiak on that show. It's a BYOB and free liquor show. So they have liquor there for you, and we have the link for you set up at dve.com. Also, thanks to our buddy Joe Bartnick for joining us in talking Penn's hockey this morning. He's headed to the Olympics, and he'll be our Olympic correspondent for Team USA as uh, hopefully they rebound from a uh, disappointing first game against Slovenia yesterday. They lost a Slovenia stand. Can't do that. Tomorrow on the show, <laughs> our buddy Matt Huff. Is yeah. going to review Black Panther. Huffy, Huffy uh, he was a uh, heart recipient, Children's Hospital, part of our Radiothon broadcast this year, and uh, we learned he was a huge superhero fan then. So he's been our superhero movie correspondent slash reviewer. But uh, Sean That's Collier right. will also be reviewing what's going on. Very cool uh, coffee house tomorrow. Andrew Costello and the Cool Miners are going to be performing performing live. They have one of the. Will they be here? Is the question. I mean, they just, they, they always show up, but occasionally they go outside to smoke, you know, the, the, the marijuana <laughs> and they forget to come back in. You, you gotta, you know, yeah. gotta be here when we call with you. Last time I gave him the nicest introduction. I mean, I just built them up for about 60 seconds. Oh, yeah. You went all and out. And I go, here they are, Andre Costello, Kuma. Nobody was there. <laughs> they were outside blowing down joints. It's like, dude, come on. Got to show up at least. Uh, they're going to do that tomorrow, but they have the coolest CD release Miners. coming oh. up here. <laughs> they oh. they have choreographed their new music to the laser show at the Buell Planetarium. So That's I guess it's cool. the other way around. So the lasers have have a new you know choreo- choreography based on Andre's new album. Very cool stuff. 
So it's two weeks in a row. Chet Vincent's uh, new album and Andre. So great local music dropping. Plus, Paul Luke's new album came out. Uh, That is getting rave reviews nationally. So great time right now for local music in the Berg. Michelle's up next. I'm finished. You stay classy, Pittsburgh. Don't touch your face. I got him dead, Pittsburgh, all day, baby. For now, you guys call me Ronald. Would you not eat my pants? Ronald. Ah! Mm -hmm. 